Good evening and welcome to the first episode of October here on the Arc of E podcast. My name is Gavin and I'm joined tonight by three very special individuals. Not boys, but grown men. <laughs> Noah, would you please state your name? Thank you for doing it for me. I am, in fact, Noah. And we are the Blanchard Brothers. That's what you normally say. See, I, I, I flipped it on. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, great intro. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Really got us into the spooky season. Thank you so much. And I, we, are joined once again by the, some might call him the secret weapon of the RKB network. You know, they come in right right when you're like, are these guys ever gonna are they gonna are they gonna show back up? And they, they swoop in with with the, the hottest the hottest of takes. Uh, you know them, you love them. Uh, the the co-host of Late Fees Waved, which is a podcast. It is a podcast. For real. It does exist. It is a feed. It- it will uh, exist one day, I promise. I swear to God. The one and only <laughs> Brothers Blanchard. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, everybody. I am Matthew Blanchard, and we have crossed oceans of time to be with you this day. With me, as always, is my spooky brother. Patrick J. Blanchard. <laughs> and I'm saying, if you haven't watched The Prowler by now, I'm giving up. I'm done. Go watch to all a good night. Go watch to all a good night. You gotta love a callback that goes back five years. If you haven't watched The Prowler by now, I mean, what are you doing with your life? Seriously. Uh, Like I said, I got a a new one to harp on for the next five years. To all a good night. Okay. Never literally. uh, Definitely heard that as a turn of phrase. Didn't know it was a movie. First, uh, first slasher of 1980 came out in January, directed by David Hess. Uh, oh, of, of, last... uh, of Krug fame, yes, yes. okay. All right. uh, also, uh, much like uh, Friday the 13th and set in the same year, it features a hatchet to the face, but I'm not saying when it's going to happen. Okay, okay, <laughs> you've let's, got a let's... whole length of a movie to try to figure out when that hatchet is going to hit. Let's do, so you let's better do check this it out. right. At, let's do this right at the top. I'm also going to shout out one that I'm sure all of you have seen, but was one of my discoveries for this October season. We'll all hit one, and then we'll dive into what we're actually here to do. I finally watched the stuff. What? Oh, Gavin's the only one who got excited. <laughs> you have, I thought I you and I watched that a long time ago. No, never, never caught it. Watched uh, the stuff. Uh, had a fantastic time with it. Of isn't, course, isn't uh, that? Isn't that from the same people as Reanimator, or am I getting confused? No, it's not a Stuart Gordon joint. It's uh, what's the who's the other guy? Come on, Larry Cohen. It's the Cohen. Larry Cohen joint. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, so it's in the Reanimator Society. Brian Yuzna. It's all in the same oeuvre, I guess. But yeah, the stuff is the the creamy dessert treat that uh starts taking over society essentially. Um. And Michael Moriarty is the the dude who like holds everything together. One of those classic lead like performances where I was like, oh dude, he totally makes this 
entire movie. Great, great fun time. Definitely in the Night of the Creeps uh, camp of uh, of horror for the 80s. Anyways, Gavin. Speak, or, I actually or have something before yeah. we dive in. Real Jump. Quick. Absolutely. Go for um, it. Speaking of camp horror. Uh, do you guys did you guys ever watch American movie? Of the course, documentary Coven. of Mark Borchardt. Yeah. Yes, Coven. Uh, I thought it would be important to kind of point out to people who maybe have seen that movie, which is an amazing documentary about the crumbling of a horror movie. Uh, yes. That we just lost Mike Shank, uh, Mark Borchardt's best friend, and. Right. Uh, Kind the of dude a, with the craziest <laughs> stories in that movie. Yes. Uh, apparently passed away Thursday night. Oh, wow. Yeah, I who also passed away um, day after mom's birthday. Nobody? Who? who no. Angela Lansbury? The uh, uh, what, Austin Stoker, uh, the police officer, assault on precinct 13. We just heard oh, about yes. that. Yeah. Literally. You saw it today. On literally his, today. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know if you saw that or not. I didn't know that that's yeah, when it happened, though, October seventh. But yes, yeah. Austin Stoker from Assault on Precinct Thirteen, and and to, and today, uh, the final Friday, uh, we lost uh, Ted Ted White, the uh, yep. the final Friday Jason. Oh yes, of course, remember him from the doc. Uh, yes, all right. So some horror icons, and of course the the murder mystery queen herself, and Angela Lansbury passed and, recently, and Robbie Coltrane. And Robbie Coltrane right. today as well. I was going to say, uh, that was a big one too. Man, October yes. sucks balls. Right? Well, not if you're a horror fan. Uh, Segway. Uh, we're here. We, we missed this last year for a very good reason. Uh, one of us one of us is now a father. Uh, yes. Sir Matthew J. Planchard. Yes, and uh, we, we missed a little chat about Halloween kills. So... Before we dive into what we're really here to do, which is talk about this whole uh, endeavor of the last several years, the, the David Gordon Green uh, Halloween trilogy. Uh, so we, de- we got all of our thoughts out on Hate Teen uh, across many podcasts, uh, oh, some yes. involving just you guys, some involving all four of us. Uh, hey, so what was the purpose of you talking about that one movie that you just saw, The Stuff? Were you supposed to ask us? Oh, we, all? we cut you out. We cut you out. I love to do this when it's the four of us. Gavin, yeah. No, no. You, what's did, your pick? And and did, Matthew, what's your pick? And yeah, did Patrick not say his pick too? He did. What did he say? off with it to, to all a good night. Oh, all a good night. All right. I got you. And, and thank you for that? keeping us on track. Matthew didn't say his because he not, had something uh, else to say. Yeah. I haven't and, then I got, and then I got distracted by all of them. You're getting... I'm very excited. I'm very excited, Gav. I'm yeah, sorry. a lot of power trips, man. Okay, we'll flip a coin, guys. Yeah, no, uh, Matthew. What What do you got? Go for it. Well, I I do not have a fresh pick uh, because one of the horrible things about being a dad is I don't have a lot of time to watch movies. Uh, but uh, I finally got around to seeing uh, Candyman, the the latest Candyman. Yes. which is the dopest Candyman in the entire franchise. Thank uh, you. And if you have not seen any of the Candyman, check them out. And I've set it now into a reflective surface three times, and I'm going to stop right there. Okay, well, that's fine. And I, I will avoid saying it all together, but I do want to ask before, because I know Gavin's thoughts. Can I get Patrick's take on the, uh, the soft reboot sequel? Uh, not really a reboot, just a sequel. Uh, can I? Yeah. 
well, it's, it's, on it's, the fourth, my, the fourth one. My, my, my thoughts on it are previously I had only seen Candyman once mm. the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just something that uh, it's not that I avoided it. It just never happened. Right. Uh, uh, then I saw it in the theater and then I saw two and three on Tubi. Right. It's, uh, two and three don't exist. Uh, one and <laughs> they're gone. They're done. They're cut off. I do like number two because it's drenched in 1995 in a way that yes. 20 year old me remembers 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this one was just it was astounding. Like uh, it's it. There's, there's there's a term that I hate using uh, because I've discovered that also John Carpenter hates using it. Uh, elevated horror mm-hmm. uh, but it is right there it is it is well and above beyond it hits you in the gut but it also like the best horror has something to say uh, and I think that's what actually sets it apart is it is it is a movie that has something to say and needs to be listened to and watched okay I I'm I'm definitely the odd man out of the four uh, so that's I, I vastly prefer I vastly prefer the original um, and I had a lot of problems with the new one, which I mm. thought uh, had great out. We could really relitigate that on a different episode. Gavin, your pick for recent movies. It's or uh, just something you discovered this uh, this go round. Uh, I mean, uh, X, I have to say, is probably my favorite. Like so far. Absolutely. I watched I, I, but yeah, X is probably the one that I'm just like, that was just good. Like, it just wasn't just solid. Wasn't, elevated it wasn't like oh we're gonna look at this thing it was just like it's just like the this the safest horror premise you could ever come up with it's It's, so simple it's done million they did it a million times already it knew exactly what it was and it just delivered exactly what you wanted um it's a better texas chainsaw massacre than the newest texas chainsaw oh my god 100 percent uh there's not even a chainsaw in x i know (laughs) (laughs) yeah nice uh so on that note, I will say before we get into our, our Halloween ends discussion, uh, one of our next upcoming October episodes will be uh, 2022, the year in horror, because it's been a banner year, gentlemen. There's been so much great output across all sorts of subgenres. So at some point, whether you guys want to be involved on that one or not, the plan is to kind of take everything that's come out and... <clears throat> As far as major releases, I was like, I think we can kind of cap it at VHS 99, which drops like October 20th. But like take all the the heavy hitters from franchises or stuff that's just like originals that have just popped up, like Barbarian, which I don't know if either of you call Barbarian. Incredible movie. I haven't yet. It hits uh, HBO sometime in the next two weeks. That's very exciting. Cannot wait to rewatch it. Uh, Don't want to tell you a thing about it. Don't read anything about it. Just just uh, watch it. I saw the trailer when I went to see Black Phone. Another great yeah, that was horror movie from this year, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, so that that is definitely something we want to do in the future. Love to have you guys on. Okay. So are, are we ready? I'm, I'm sorry. I've been, I've been itching all day, guys. Oh, yeah. Same. How we ends, guys. Out of the theater last night. Don't let him lie to you. He's been itching since we walked out of the movie theater last night. Also same. Uh totally gonna t- totally gonna own that. Yeah. Now I, do you want to talk 
franchise and lead up to ends or just dive right in on ends and then we'll sum up with the rest of the so franchise. I think here's here's my take. Trilogy. Again, we talked about 18 to death in my opinion. But yeah, I think did. given that we have the full scope now, we're definitely going to want to touch on elements of sure. that. And we have not personally, I think, ever really exchanged our thoughts on kills. And here's the thing is I think <laughs> our conversation on ends will inform each of our individual opinions on how we felt about kills, which will lead us into a natural discussion of that. Because for yeah. me, um, one thing I will say from the top, one of the many miracles, minor miracles of this movie, which I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, spoiler mm -hmm. alert, I think we all did. Uh, for me, Absolutely. was taking things that I outright hated about the previous film and redeeming them in a way that felt yeah. like conscious self-correction in the like, oh, I got a COVID break. I'm kind of rethinking what the final chapter of this is. Yeah, And they paid off in such a big way. I, If you had told me walking out of that theater that I was going to be like, you know what? Halloween Kills kind of makes a little more sense to me now. I kind of, uh, I, I, kind, far. I kind of understand why it exists. I still don't think I ever want to watch it again, but he salvaged what was, what was a, a moment where I was like, this movie could go completely off the rails. And maybe if we want to go a scene by scene or however you guys want to dive in, I will just say that when this film opens, and we see Hanford, Illinois, 2019, I immediately perked up. I immediately was, okay, what are we, and he <laughs> sustained that tension of where, where are you going with this for uh, right up until a, a brilliant and very intense payoff, which I, I think is like the loudest and most intense I've ever cursed in front of my mother, which was an audible fuck. Uh, in, uh -huh. in the theater. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were in a relatively empty theater. It, ours um, was jam packed. People were and chomping at the bit. It, I would say. Well, we'd also went to a, we we chose a theater. Well, Patrick chose a theater. I will I will say from the outset that I wasn't even going to go see this in the theater. I was going to watch this on Peacock. I was so underwhelmed and disheartened by Halloween kills. And I was like, I'm not going to waste my money. I'm not going to do it. And then my brother, thankfully uh, said, I bought two tickets already. <laughs> One of them will go to waste if you don't come with me. And I don't mind if it goes to waste, but here's the offer. Uh, and as soon as the, the lights went up at the end, I was like, thank you for doing that because I would not have come here and I'd have kicked myself in the ass if I hadn't seen this on the big screen. Because I think this was the easily the most, I'm not going to say it's definitely the best Halloween movie, but it's up there. It's, it's rising toward the top for me. But it's definitely the most inventive a Halloween movie has been in some time. Uh, I would say since ever. Halloween 2. I don't know. I mean, Halloween ever. 2 took it in a direction uh, that not everybody agreed with, but it had it had a point of view. It had something to say, and so does this one. Um, and I would say this is neck and neck, maybe a little bit above that. 
But I have, I have some deep love for that movie, as we have discussed in the past. We're referring um, to H2. H2, yes. Rob excuse Zombie's me. Halloween 2. And, and that I Not would, Halloween me. 2. Then reassessing your, your statement, I kind of have that overall right now. It is my favorite and most, most excited I've been about a Halloween movie since that movie. Yes, by far. Yeah. Um, and I think immediately one of one of the best of the franchise. And for me, inarguably, the best of this these three. And even though it was a bumpy road to get to this movie, I see that we kind of did need certain building blocks. And, but I liked also that we were able to jettison a lot of bullshit that did not work for me in the previous film. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. I also feel like they did something. Sorry, sorry, just a dovetail on that. Before we hand off to Gavin, I don't mean to cut you off, uh, but I feel like they did a very smart thing by taking these sort of over the top uh, stylistic Gordon Green violence of kills and giving that to the uh, the the new character. And yes. pulling Michael back to very much classic Michael Myers in his brutality level. I think that was a very smart move that kind of reestablished the stakes of the shape and Michael Myers. And now, Gavin, sorry. Absolutely. I Not at all. What I was just going to say, we all kind of gave our general thoughts. We all love this movie. We think you should go see it if you like scary movies and you're a fan of the franchise. I will also say from the top, as I was watching it, I would say roughly like five, 10 minutes in, I got an inkling of like, is he doing what I think he's doing? And then about 30 minutes in, I was like, some people are going to hate this. Hate this. And while yes. I was having that thought, I was like, I am loving this for exactly that reason. Um, so we will say going forward, we all loved it. Uh, spoilers, gloves are off. Yes. We're talking about whatever. Don't don't feel like you need to dance around anything. So, Good. <laughs> Gavin, you, we had a great experience with kills in the theater. Mm -hmm. We took mom. It was the first thing she had seen post COVID. She hadn't been to a theater in like two years, and she hadn't been in a theater that had reclining seats. She was just blown away by the experience. And she blown away, movies. blown away so much, Noah. Blown away so much. <coughs> purchased a couch that does that, and a regular, like you know. Um, yeah, she basically now recliner. has one of those seats in her house. Yes, except nice. the ones, so, the ones we have warm, and they do massage while you are watching your film, and the middle piece folds down, so you got a cup holder on your left and your right. I mean, it's like you're at the movies, boys. It's amazing. You definitely got to come check it out. Nice. So I, I gave that movie way more grace in the moment because I had fun watching mom have a great time at that movie. Right. And I didn't want to rain on her parade. But the whole time I was watching it, I was like, what happened? What the fuck <laughs> did you do? Like, we had a nice start. And I should also mention, we've talked about this a bit off mic, but 18 has been diminishing returns for me every time I've gone back to it. Same. That, 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 the, nothing will compare to that, like in the theater that night with just right. like, we got a new one. They shot right. it down here. I'm with my brother, my friends. We've been waiting for this. She's back. They're right. treating it with some respect. Like, let's fucking do this. 
And in the moment, it was like, oh, it was everything we could have ever hoped for. And it does exactly. not hold up under scrutiny. It just yeah. doesn't for me yeah. personally. Not even to the next viewing. I mean, if you no, it was a very, you, very big yeah. drop off for me personally. Because we did the the this, we did the the yes. all Blanchard review. And, uh, it, and you'll we hear were very us high all, on it. All kind of raving about it. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe having some sartain issues. I had yes. to bring them up. I always gotta bring them up. I'm sorry. Right. Um, and then, and but, then we uh like um two, three weeks later. We did the rating of the entire franchise yep, all did. together. And by then, uh, it had already dropped. dropped. Uh, I made the mistake of seeing it four times in the theater. Uh, and, that's a little uh, excessive. And and once, perhaps, opinion. maybe with Japanese subtitles on an illegal Facebook uh, post that then subsequently got deleted. Okay. Maybe. And then by the time we got back around to it to sort of update the Everyone's Entitled to One Good Scare, the exclusive arc of the Halloween franchise deep dive podcast, um, we were already well below uh, where we had started, right? Because I think Hateen is an illusion. It's a magic trick, right? (laughs) It's we're giving you back Haddonfield, Laurie Strode, and we're shooting it so it feels like Halloween 78, but not really. Here's these cool things, and we're gone. We're out. And you don't notice that there wasn't anything there until you're home. Genius magic trick, because in the moment, you're there. I, um, I'm, I'm reading Gavin's face. I guess my question <laughs> is, how is it held up for you? Because I, 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 I feel like you... You maybe wanted to defend it or speak up for I it mean, right now. It's one, of those, it's one of those where, like, hey, sorry um it's one of those where now he doesn't want to come they've got opinions you're allowed to share wolfie's barking yeah what's the dog's name (laughs) (laughs) your foster parents are dead your foster Um, parents are dead no like it's one of those things where like i I loved it in the theater, the where the the score amps up and she's being chased. And like you and I know you and I looked at each other, we're like, we're in a fucking Halloween movie right now. Like that that having that Carpenter there with that presence of like having scored the thing. And these people who like I'm not saying Rob Zombie didn't love Halloween, but I'm saying like these people who made this, at least when I'm in the theater there, I'm like, oh, these guys fucking like they love Halloween. Like they're on the level that the four of us are. And it's one of those where the things they've gone back to, especially in kills, one of my favorite parts is, are you kidding me, Lori? Like, he didn't come after you. His doctor brought brought him there. He don't know who you are. You don't rate to him. You know, you just a girl, like a woman. Like, maybe, yeah, maybe he's seen you when you've been stalking outside the prison, but he don't know you. Like, he does. Have, he has no, there's nothing there for you. And I get that that's what you're getting at, Matthew, that, yeah, there's not a lot there when you all break it down about, like, what's happening in Halloween 18. But it's one of those, again, where it's like, I watched, you know, Resurrection in the theater. I was like, okay, she's dead. I watched Rob Zombies in the theater. I was like, okay, great. And then I got nothing from a franchise. And again, I don't want anything right now. I don't want anything for another, you know, give me. I don't know, five, ten years. What, I don't yeah, know what did what it did you say I give it five years or did mom say I said I give, I give it five, it five right years after it was over? Okay. But it, but honestly, if somebody came out tomorrow and was like, look, 
we're actually going to do what the original intention was. And we're going to give you another Halloween movie in two years. And it's going to be the start of an anthology thing. Like if, if like rights recede or whatever, and Blumhouse gets in there, like, look, we don't care. We're either going to put it out on streaming or we'll put it in a theater, depending on what the test groups say. And you're going to get a new Halloween movie every two years. It may have Michael Myers. It may not. We don't know. I mean, you could, gonna... ar- you could argue elements of this movie. The big swings of this movie are kind of a test bed for if anybody <laughs> has an appetite for that. And I will say for my just limited perusing of the Internet today, um, mm. I don't think anybody wants that or wants no, no, no any one... more of what this movie had to but offer. I think we are in what... the minority. Right. That, that's why my question is completely what you... in love with this thing. Right. Um, what do you what it, what it like? We get it. Like, and that's, I think that's the difference between people who just get paid to write something and people who actually care about something. Like, what, and I, maybe that's a question towards the end when we get towards the end. Where was this supposed to go? If not this way, like, what was supposed to happen? That's my question. Because everybody who's been like, oh, it's underwhelming. The ending kind of does whatever. Okay, great. Tell me what you're going to do to fix it. Because if you don't have an answer to fix it, I don't really give a shit what you're saying about it. Because right. these people didn't write themselves into a corner like the last it, season of Game of Thrones. They, now, they arguably, the now, arguably, they did with kills. And the, right. the way they wrote themselves out of that corner is yeah. everything that worked about this. And I weirdly, this sounds like I, this is a terrible thing to say, but you kind of do have the pandemic to, to, play, thank, to thank for. for. Yeah, yeah. Because totally. so, so much of kills in retrospect feels like, oh shit, we just made a shit ton of money. They want this. Okay. It's I and I'm sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we know trilogy from the get-go? Was that the gambit with Blumhouse? Or was it let's let's test the waters? And then when it hit and it had that opening weekend, then it was boom, two more. We had them planned. We had them in our back pocket. Do we know? My understanding was that they had them in the back pocket and Halloween was a test. And if Halloween did well, we'd get more. And if Halloween didn't do well, we'd get something else because Maleka Cod was going to try to make another movie no matter. Regardless. Okay. Um, and, and one of the things uh, on, on the on the higher level, one and two were originally a super long script. Right. Yeah. I remember okay. that part. And then John Carpenter uh, was the exact producer who they, an advisor they went to and he was like, no, cut, cut it out. This, cut this, cut this. Cut this. Yeah. This is your story. Uh, and then they were like, okay, we're going to put it out there. And they had a half of a script because half had been excised. Right. And then the opening hit and then it proceeded to make $255 million. And they were right. like, okay, yeah, two movies. Then it became the highest grossing Halloween movie of all time. Of course, we're going to see. I want to see that right. post-it note that says, and for God's sakes, don't make him her fucking brother. I want to see that post-it <laughs> well, on the end of the script. See, as, yeah. a, as just a memo to the writers don't do it going back to the don't make him her brother and the, the the jettisoning of continuity and all of that and the luring back of jamie lee curtis with the promise of something right mm-hmm. when she talked about being offered the role and she had to come back for it she had to have been talking about a pitch that involved this yeah definitely because right? What 2018? There's no reason that would draw her back. She'd done that already. That was H2O, right? And there's no reason she would sign on for fucking Halloween kills. 
I'm going to go be in a hospital again for another movie. Right. Gee, thanks. So it had to have been some of this material that drew her back as an actress. Uh, and I kind of feel like the arc in this movie does all the heavy lifting on justifying bringing her back. Yeah. Um, none of it's really in those front two movies. You just need those as, as set up to mm-hmm. get to this. Because you could not have Laurie Strode be Michael Myers' sister and this movie work. Like that family connection would completely shred this movie. Yes. So I get it now. Four years later, it makes sense. Um, But I still feel like there's a world in which kills doesn't exist. And we move into this sort of uh, a little more organically without the need of that movie. This doesn't get affected any. I don't think kills adds anything to the proceedings, really. No. You could plug in basically about maybe 15 minutes of yeah. stuff from kills, either five at the front, five in the middle, five at the end, to explain to me how how it like you give me the 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 scene everybody hates with the fireman. That's how he got out of the house. Boom. So we know he's out. Okay. Yeah. We don't know what happens after that. Okay, well, where the hell is, you know, where the hell's um, her daughter? Okay, midway through, we haven't seen her. You know, finally she has a moment and she breaks down and, you know, oh, we see what happened to her. They were all riled up trying to go after him. They got him, but then they didn't got him. And he's, you know, he's evil. He's always going to get back up. She's done. And then you get to, you know, the last half of it of, you know, that's you know whatever other things you want to throw in there is like oh and this happened and these people were killed and blah 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 blah. Right. You could throw that in between eighteen eighteen and this and be perfectly fine. Yeah. You know. Here's my biggest issue with kills, and I just want to get this like off. Um, is it is it the fact that evil dies tonight? <laughs> I was waiting to see who was going to say it first. Pumpkin and, pies tonight. <laughs> Pumpkin pies tonight. I, I love. I want to just. I want to just congratulate myself gavin and david gordon green himself on the restraint of halloween ends to not do a callback i really thought when we got that crowd shot towards the end spoiler alert i thought we were going to get one i almost wanted to do it myself but uh but yeah i was glad they they had the restraint okay my biggest thing with kills it's a lot of what i think are very interesting ideas that just don't execute or like fall off a cliff the opening of like we're going to throw you back to the night of and we're going to like enrich more of what happened that evening in 78 and build in backstory for hawkins and all this stuff and i'm like okay cool but then then where do we go with this and then the whole we're raising up a mob and Tommy Doyle is this guy now. And like all of that. And it's just like the execution is not there. It feels rushed. It feels like first draft shit. The one thing I will stick up for that I did still enjoy on a rewatch. And I enjoyed it the first time, the big John, little John stuff. Yeah. I will stand by big John. That's still entertaining. It's great. It's great. Classic. It's Uh the touch of comedy that I like that you get more of in four and five, where it's like, we're going to inject a little bit of humor into this. We're going to be a little playful before we have some brutality. And it was a nice respite from the just onslaught of murder. That is that movie. 
with not a lot else to, to say or do. And a lot of yeah. restating the same thing over and over again, like repeating lines of dialogue within like 30 to 45 seconds of each other coming from multiple characters. Like he's terrorized this town for 40 years. He dies tonight. But he evil has, dies tonight. Yeah, but, but evil he, dies he tonight. I watched the last movie. But exactly. He dies tonight. So like, for me, that's that's a lot of movie. that's a lot of what it was. Was just like, okay, I see like what you were trying to do here, but he didn't fully execute. And magically, ends manages to salvage some of that stuff. I just I want to start with the opening, and then yeah. it, we can do a free for all because I think that's a good table setter for just like how are you guys feeling, etc. But again, I will leave it where I was when I saw. Haddonfield, Illinois, 2019, I was immediately intrigued. And that was the best way to start off. And all I want to say before we discuss it in all its detail, um, I think this is maybe the best cold open of the entire franchise, question mark, outside of the original film. I'd say it might even be better than that one. Are we okay with saying that? I think so. Whoa, 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 you have a you you don't know what death is. You come on, man. That's uh, yeah. that's trick or Death is pretty yeah. great. That's a great heart. Only because it's Tommy Travis. Lee Wallace that's, that's yelling at him. You've been trick or treated to death tonight. Okay, you don't know, you don't know what death is. It's definitely the best of these three. It's definitely the best of these three. Oh, of course. Um, I would also throw in Rob Zombie's Halloween H two opening, the Halloween, the hospital fake out. Uh, into yeah, my favorite. I'd hesitate open. to call that a cold open, though. I mean, it, it's an it is a cold sequence. open, but it's yes. so long. Yes. That I it's think almost it no like Act qualifies. One. It's more prologue, yeah. I guess. I thought say. the psychology lesson was the cold open. What the white horse meant and all that and the text. I thought that was our cold open. That might be one of the alternate cuts. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we are don't like have three to, different cuts of that fucking movie. We don't text, have to. That's text on a screen, Gavin. No. Oh, okay. Well, anybody, that, anybody watch the monsters? With a degree yet? in this, man. Anybody watch the monsters? No, I have not yet. I have anybody? Not. Okay. I want to. I want to check it out. Well, uh, I, uh, yeah, I've I've got some feelings on what Rob has said about it. He's like, they wouldn't let me shoot it in black and white, so I shot it was like a cartoon with so much color to put it in their face. I'm like, oh, you're still Rob Zombie, even though you're pushing sixty. Okay, he is <laughs> he is quite the old man now. Okay, oh, no, he's he's only fifth. He's ten years older than me. He's fifty-seven. We're Haddonfield, Illinois, twenty nineteen. Who wants to jump in? What you think, the, guys? The, Come the on. Whole, the whole sequence is quite possibly the thuddingest uh jump me out of my seat sudden jump scare that has purpose that I've ever seen. The only one I would compare it to in recent memory is hereditary. Yeah, but that's 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 so long into it. Like yeah, that's like, true. This definitely hits you in the gut very yeah, this, quickly and, and very economically. It's also well. one of it's one of those moments that, uh, hey, there there are two brothers Blanchard here, and one of them notices sound design, and one of them doesn't. But the squilch that body made, mm-hmm. oh, rough, yeah, like, yeah. Oh. like, uh huh, like uh-huh. it was, it was, oh yes, it was, it was effective, uh, and it was very effective. It was also very effective because it was in a oneer. Right, mm-hmm. the the body drop just being a, a 
a, a master and just letting it drop through frame just added to that realism there. Um, yeah. Can, can as, I, can as, I a, as a dad, a... that one hits different I'm sure. than I think it would have uh, a year well, ago, two years as, ago. Uh, as not a father, can I say <laughs> the uncomfortable thing out loud? Sure. Kid had it coming. Kid, kid had it coming. <laughs> kid kind of fucking had it coming. Gavin said it first. I mean, I'm sorry, he dude. He was your hanging out on the side of the door right there. Yeah. Your babysitter is cool as shit. He lets you stay up and watch the thing. Of all movies, the fucking thing. You can also, watch it side note, I love that it takes until he gets to the scene with Norris's head detaching for him to be like, I think this is too much for you. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously, you're that deep in? And you're like, maybe this isn't appropriate? Are you fucking kidding me? Okay. He lets the yeah. kid stay up and watch the thing well past his bedtime. Yeah. And then and then the kid literally starts, you know, at the sl- at the tiniest little slight just immediately turns on him. Yeah. yeah. Tells him he's ugly, starts fucking with him, takes the knife. Like, yeah. I'm just saying. Doing an opening like he's, you know, doing the cold open of fucking Scream 4. Yeah. Well, and (laughs) he's trying to, you know, and doing an opening that's that's walking you up to. And I have this whole uncomfortable territory of I'm like, wait, are we seeing like the birth of a new Michael Myers? Like the mom gives the setup of like, he was really affected by the events of last year. He's right. been wetting the bed. He hasn't been sleeping well. Like you're kind of like, oh, is this a disturbed little kid? You see that knife get taken away. And of yes. course, there's a bit of you that's like, oh, maybe Michael's in this house. Maybe this is just the cold over that. The other part of you is like, is this kid like, is this, is this a new little Michael Myers? Like, what the hell's going on here? And I'm swirling around all of this and kind of the I do have a faint, faint thought in the back of my head. What if, what if this is like a, a misunderstanding, like something, you know, something inadvertent right. is going to happen. But the last thing I expected is what fucking happens. There was there no, I was not of Twitter that, that ruined this. Um, oh, I'm so glad I don't look at those corners. Didn't, uh, didn't put it in the right context, which, which helped Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it ruined not the death of the, the kid per se, but but Corey's role uh, in that, you know, he is babysitting one night and the kid dies somehow. They don't explain how. And then that sort of spoiler pointed in the direction of he becomes a helper for Michael Myers, which is not what he ends up being. So thankfully, right. you know, it, it was spoiled wrongly yeah mm-hmm. uh, but so watching that that cold open i'm like this is what they said on fucking twitter this is gonna suck because this is what they said on twitter you fucking dicks i don't want to watch this movie and then the mm-hmm. kid drops and i'm like this is not what they said on twitter okay <laughs> it's a halloween movie again i can i can disconnect and i can watch this and then they played the Corey Cunningham role expertly. Like, like it became real apparent what he was going to be pretty early. Yes. But it never felt like fucking Roy in, in Friday the 13th, uh, New Beginning. You know, it never felt like that sort of obvious version. And it kept working on multiple levels. And I think the way they stuck the landing redeems a lot of my misgivings about the first two movies. 
because holy shit, they stuck the landing on this. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Patrick? But yeah. that body drop, ugh, uh, it my, hurts. My thing, and this... Before this movie uh, was released, uh, I'm going to say, I think it was in the summer, they announced that uh, uh, David Gordon Green's next project for Blumhouse is going to be The Exorcist. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. A, a trilogy with Ellen Burson uh, yeah. return. And uh, after 18 and Hollow Kills, I was like, oh, fuck, no. Okay. The, this no keep this man as far away from the exorcist as freaking right. possible talk, talk about a, a franchise that has been quite bastardized over the years uh, just yes. just beaten all over the place but it's uh, like, in no, a lot of different directions i was like no he's not gonna be able to handle it this this is what he does like mm-hmm. like you know evil dies tonight bazooka <laughs> possesses tonight um, <laughs> uh <laughs> But then uh, he would, I, that would be his take. He would go really hardcore into like, it's not the devil, it's Pazuzu. You gotta say Pazuzu. Uh, He's like, but, I'm a big John Borman fan. Freaking <laughs> fuck that guy. But then I watched this movie and with the characterization and it being, it being, and it's so weird to say this in the specifically the, sl- the slasher subgenre of horror. This is a character-driven movie. It's freaking yeah. weird. Like I'm not used to this. Uh, it's like, oh crap! I'm watching a, I'm watching, watching a movie, movie. Right. Uh, yeah. But because of this, I'm like, okay, yeah, he can do Exorcist. He he actually understands character-driven narrative. Yes, for sure. Um, but also midway through the movie, I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm gonna be in an internet war with the fandom over another movie. <laughs> <laughs> they bit they baited us into it they, yes. they really did I, uh, I'm, I'm currently in a war over halloween 2 halloween 3 <laughs> h2o rob zombies h2 hate team and hollow kills and oh. now hollow ends that's that sounds exhausting but it's, all it's of a, those it's, it's a franchise understand. that needs defending on a lot of fronts. So we really do understand. Yes, but it also it's the, the the fan base has turned and they now kind of hate uh H2O. Well, weird. Weird pivot. Yes. Weird, weird move. Okay. Uh, uh so that's that's one of my defenses. But they're also like Halloween 2 may be the greatest sequel. I'm like, you're I have heard idiot. that a lot lately, honestly. I have heard that that has all of a sudden that, risen in the estimation it has, it has as, come, as the sequel, or this or the second Jesus best, Christ. rather. Yeah, it okay. has come back. But this this huh. movie, I am I'm, I'm currently in at least five different threads on, on Facebook going, nuh-uh. <laughs> no. It hasn't no. even been 24 fucking hours yet. I was going to say. Since yeah. you've seen all this movie, you're already in... Pace Five yourself. wars with people. Pace yourself. Oh, sir. Take Gavin, a break. That opening. What'd you think, brother? I mean, talk about just, just I mean, you're already in here thinking, like, all right. So obviously I have I know I know something relative towards, you know, you know, we're still in Hanfield. We don't know where Michael Myers is. So the entire time I'm like, okay. So Maybe, maybe we're just going to find that it's like a, a, a Halloween four to five. He's been in the sewer the whole time. 
we'll figure that out later, but he'll, he's going to show up here. And as soon as, you know, he was by himself and nothing had happened to him after about five seconds, I was like, nope, something bad's going to happen. This dude's going to get, it, it, this isn't going to be good. And the way that it's like all played out, all this, this and that. And it's almost like if just him, I think about him looking up, him looking over the banister and so much as like, similar to the way that he looks at Lori after she's fallen in the original 78 film. And I'm like, Oh, I get it. I know what's going on here. This is what I signed up for. These motherfuckers listened the night that we recorded this and Noah was talking all that shit about like, he's going to have disciples and there's going to be like a group of people running around and that's what we're going to get in kills. Like that was Noah's prediction. I, like, I missed the hey, bullseye, but I, I hit the, were, the target. Definitely in we're in inner circle. Like, inner layer you know double the points or whatever and i was like yeah you know and i'm thinking they listen to it you know, <laughs> they, they shave a little bit off maybe they don't have to be like you know med students or whatever no one said about them being like other doctors with um the doctor we all hate from 18 uh sartain say his sartain. name sartain sartain whatever say his name yeah i don't like sartain <laughs> yeah. put some respect on it <laughs> Label your hatred. Don't be afraid. Lori Strode was the only one to see him in the wild. Yeah. Just want okay. to know what it feels like to kill. Perhaps you will tell me. What is your name, Michael? Say something. <laughs> Say something. Literally, that opening. Remember that. That was the cut point for hate team. Uh-huh. Like that's what we're dealing with versus. This one, I'm just night, oh, night and fucking day. Like, yeah. come on, hold on. My problem is that was the whole setup for the fucking new franchise. Was that is the Chekhov's gun that never fired? Yeah, you never, you, you never, you never said, said a goddamn thing. <laughs> he certainly oh. wasn't saying anything after she uh, Oof. sliced and diced. Okay, we'll get there. Uh, but yeah, we've we set the table and. I think we all collectively were like, hmm, I'm intrigued. Are they they doing what I think they're doing? And then, like, within, like, I don't know, a minute of that montage, we've got him in coveralls working at a fucking junkyard. And I'm like, oh, we're doing it, baby. We're definitely doing this. I was was very excited. I had a big grin on my face. Uh, Very excited to see where they took it. And that kind of leads me into an... Uh, we can go wherever you guys want to from here, but the recalibration of this four-year gap of the Lori and Allison dynamic. Allison, a character who I feel like was completely shortchanged by kills. I mean, all it does is kind of like, oh, we're just going to add like two extra tragedies to your life. Like now you yeah. literally have nobody left but your your kooky grandmother. Okay, and then Lori, who I we talked about it. I really, I love H2O so much. I, I really dig that as the response to that trauma and remove the brother, sister angle, whatever. I like that version, that hardened version of that character as the natural iteration of this. Yeah. I felt like hate teen to a certain extent and kills very much so, even though she's relegated to the hospital for a lot of it, just goes so hard in the direction of like, this is all about me. I've been preparing for this forever. It's like ruined every aspect of my life and everything. And to drop in in this and it's like, 
get to see her and Will Patton shopping for groceries. I'm like, yeah. David Gordon Green, just give me the movie about like two people in their 60s that just find each other <laughs> and are just in love and like just trying to get by. Uh, but I'm sitting there watching that scene and I'm like, they finally, like, finally have gotten her back to a place where I can feel just the tiniest bit of the energy of who that character was in that 1978 movie before yeah. everything goes to hell for her. I got to see just a little bit of that light back in the eyes. And I was like, the fact that they got her back to this point from where I was almost like, we're taking her off the rails. Especially if you look at that, the all, the original ending of Kills, the I'm coming for you, Michael, and the Terminator yeah. walk like out of the hospital. It's just... The that character exiting that movie and going into a Halloween ends that was made and came out last year, like if the original timeline had played out, right? That's what I, I don't know that we do get to this character, and that's why I'm so curious when this turn was ultimately meant to happen, or if, like we said, it was a bit of a self corrective, it was looking at the response to like, yeah, some people didn't really like what you did with the last one yeah oh, and here are these aspects God, his, that maybe you want to address like his teeth look too human we gotta change them <laughs> this is weird we gotta re, we gotta reanimate the whole thing that's creepy yeah yeah no, that's close together yeah. we gotta make them less human we gotta move <laughs> farther apart and get rid of those fucking teeth <laughs> or this movie's gonna fail it looks like the little boy from jumanji for christ's sake <laughs> Oh no, no he's, that's he's a 60 year old man. He's got a beard. <laughs> that yeah, that was my thing. Is like if this isn't interrupted by a pandemic, how do you look at that and say, we gotta dial this back, boys? They're really upset about that whole fireman thing. Right. Like oh, the public I, is the fans don't like the rest of the movie. The public hates the fireman thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's you know well you never mind the I, I we didn't get a chance to talk about it but the I guess the the overall concept being like you know Michael Myers he's an equal opportunity murderer and it doesn't matter if you're gay straight bisexual black brown it doesn't matter like first responder he's he's very diverse in his pool of killing it's just yeah. there was a lot of that where it's like what do we have to take the supporting black cast and like make them accidentally shoot themselves in the head, shove uh, lights into their neck and watch them bleed out for their husband. A hey, moment, she survived. That's what I was getting to. Okay. There is that is redeemed in this movie. Yes. A moment that sure. is redeemed and a concept that I think is really redeemed. And we, we can, again, we're jumping around wherever. One of the most important scenes to me in this movie, and a thing that really, I just, I, I almost wanted to stand up and applaud it. And I know people would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Is the scene with the father of the kid who dies in the open. Yes. Oh, yeah. The bar yes. scene. Definitely. I was, I think it was very well handled the way they juxtaposed their responses to Corey before and after the incident where the Absolutely. dad is a little standoffish and the mom is all in on that kid. Mm -hmm. And then in the future, the dad's like, no, I see it. He's a good kid. He was a good kid. 
Yeah. Uh, I thought that was dope. And, and that, that was a great that, the moment the moment from that. I'm sorry, Gavin. Go ahead. Well, no, Go ahead. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna cut off what you're saying, but like in that moment as well, at least to me, that to me shuts up anybody who has a complaint of now she was so gung ho about killing him and she's lost her daughter and she's just fine. It's like, no, dude, that sh- scene shows you that like her daughter was killed on purpose. Yes. Her daughter went there and like did what she did and you know, the town got, but whatever, whatever her daughter didn't have to leave the hospital and go do that. It happened. She was killed by a madman by pure evil. This guy's son. Yes. It was a tragic accident. He doesn't look like he's together 100%, but he's not inside of a bottle like we've seen his wife. So to me, showcasing that is enough to explain to people, look, if you're not okay with the fact that by Halloween 2022, four years after what happened, Lori is this way now, you need to see that like it can be achieved under other circumstances. Okay. Relatively, I love love that we all seem to have kind of taken completely different things because the super relevant thing in that scene to me was the moment about I feel like people hijacked my pain, yeah, by how much they basically abused and like put all of that energy onto this kid. Mm -hmm. I felt like it, it took away the loss I was feeling, and in that moment, who's the camera trained on? Who are we looking at? We're looking at Lori. A exactly. person who has made it all about herself, who has yep. constructed this whole worldview that it's all about me and him. And again, that removing the brother-sister angle has always been the like, this is like a beat too far. Like you've you've lost something because the level of engagement you have with this guy and you think that 40 years later, he's, he's going to come back at some point and all of this and that it's all about you. You're the one person he couldn't get all of this mythology you've constructed for yourself and all because you left in the house. Exactly. Like, and what's left in the wreckage of it. Like one of those kids you babysit that night, he's fucking dead. You've lost your daughter, her husband, your family's in shambles. You're a pariah in your own community. And do have you like lost sight of the people around you who are still living in the after effects of this? And that's the thing that the movie opens with. The idea that like they have that montage of like, you know, we we kept hoping he was coming back because then there would be a reason for all this horrible shit that's happening. Mm-hmm. That's just natural outgrowth of, you know, the horror he's already wrought or just normal societal shit or whatever. Side note, I was super worried when there was the whole like there was the interview with him where he was like. Yeah, so, you know, we had to figure out how we're going to address the the COVID pandemic in the context of the movie. And I was like, dude, I don't want to hear the word COVID in this movie. But what I kind of realized is I was like, he kind of boils a lot of that energy or like what I think he was talking about when he meant that into that montage. The kind of the feeling that everybody, everybody was living through of just like, it's just bad news after bad news after bad news. It feels like something has poisoned the well and it's just like everything's bad around here. So I, I loved that setup of like, we saw almost a comical version of a mob evil fucking dies tonight. Dude. Like we saw the poor execution of that, but it got us to a point where we can like, we can contextualize the community that we see in this movie 
which right. I believe that this community has lived through. Hey, we all kind of collectively lost our shit one night. A lot of us died because we went out trying to hunt pure evil. We don't know what happened to him. And uh, we're still here. Uh, good luck next year. Um, yeah. Right. So uh, I, I don't know where I wanted to end with that, but that, that seems like a good enough spot. No, I do love that montage of all the bad shit that happened, especially with like he does Michael Myers doesn't use guns. It's like, okay, great. I know what we're doing here. We're doing the 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 real life town incident thing where like the whole town killed the one dude and no one got prosecuted. And then like if you look back after that for the last 40, 50 years, however long it's been, bad shit has just happened. People been like children killed, uh, you know terrible like domestic violence is, is kidnappings like that town yeah. no one lives in that town and, and what is it i can't remember the name of the town but it's like it's it's like a play on that it's like this thing that was about this woman has now expanded to this town did this woman rile this whole town up because we get that in the supermarket scene where the woman says like this is on you you did this like great, great scene a, a scene where i immediately was like dude fuck yeah I never, as soon as I saw the woman, I was like, you literally, you redeemed, you redeemed that whole scene. Yeah, you're we you're calling breathe. out everything that I had an issue with, which was just like, I felt like this is a Friday the 13th movie. I felt like all these people were just fodder. We're not spending any time with them outside of Big John and Little John, really. Yeah. Like we don't really, we get these little tiny vignettes of people before they are gruesomely slain. And it's like, I don't need to identify with everybody, but when you're being this gratuitous, with some characters, it just feels like, what are, what are we doing here? What are we doing? And so yeah. to bring that full circle and be like, here's the, she doesn't have a voice anymore. She's been signed. And again, tying that back into the scene with the dad where I, I it redeemed the whole Lori arc for me in a way where it's like, she kind of realizes, and, and it's being paralleled of course, with the seduction of Allison that maybe she's going right. to be lost or whatever, where it's like, it's not about you. It's about protecting like, the people around you and like family community all of that stuff and yeah not, it's not it's not you versus the evil or whatever it's you know yeah. but maybe you know maybe you're the one to to hold the darkness at bay we'll get to that at the end okay where where do you guys want to go next my i have a my favorite course direct redirect from kills mm -hmm. so much kills is made of Michael going home and looking out that window. Yeah. Kills, he stops, demolished comes the home. House. And there's it's a throwaway <laughs> line. They demolished his home. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, so he can't go home and look out that damn window, which was never a thing in the first movie anyway. Right. See, okay. See, it's a good movie. thing we didn't talk about kills uh, last year. I mean, and thank it you been to my daughter for being born the next day for preventing <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> you, railing thank against you. that concept. Yeah, I feel like it would have been the three hours. of us beating up hey, on gas. Some heroes wear diapers, man. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <clears throat> so, because yes. literally, my wife went into labor while we were watching Halloween Kills on Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> what a tech. Oh, it was man. so bad that your daughter was like, Dad, I have to stop this. Yeah, I need Sorry, to, I, I, need I to have to be born so that you can stop seeing that's, this bullshit. That's I've wonderful. heard evil dies tonight one too many damn times <laughs> in this womb. I got to get out of here. Get me out of here right now. Oh, my God. 
Uh, but that I hated that so fucking much. You just, you're just going home. What? <laughs> if that is to be his motivation, Halloween would have ended at the fucking 22 minute mark because he right. was home already in he's 78. Just he's just chilling. Yeah. Eating no, some dog. Just, so just noshing on some dog. Wait, so okay. if he goes home and just is in that window, is that when he transcends and yes. just yeah. grows into pure evil and maybe just like elevates and gets taken to the next? Is that what's supposed to happen? Or is that like in that room is where the curse of Thorn gets him? Is that what we're. Is that maybe that's on? where he gets his little can on the string so he can talk to uh, uh, Dharma and Greg's dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. best best redirect demolished his home yes so pour that shit the fuck down come back here if you want to motherfucker <laughs> so <laughs> he ends up in the sewer a la five correct yeah, yeah. five and this is what this was, five, one five, of that was really more of a cave with a pirate homeless man <laughs> Right. Well, we got a little bit of a pirate homeless man here and I <laughs> love I really I truly did love the little subtle hints that he's been he's been active mm-hmm. in the yeah. intervening years the missing signs like yeah. here and there and i just i i really dug building up to to reintroducing him and of course you see the scene with with cory in what you discover is the sewer of course in the trailer in one of the trailers yeah. and you're very much built up to be like oh okay this is probably just a random kill i don't know this character but given the trajectory of where we're at by that point, um, he's been harassed over and over again by locals who, you know, see him as yeah. a child killer, um, and that has escalated. I think it's, I think it's very well done. I think there are a few little bits of this movie that do feel a little rushed, that do feel like maybe sure. there's a director's cut that like fleshes out a little bit of that midsection a little bit more. Uh, I'm mainly referring to the like the turn between Allison and Lori, uh, the tension points of that relationship. I feel like are a little yada yada, but uh, but I feel like they really do a good job of setting up Corey from the get go to just I I for me personally as an audience member, I was like I had a certain amount of empathy for the guy just of like trapped in a absolutely shitty situation how would you move on from that like how would you exist in that town that community etc and kind of buying into the fact that like yeah he and lori would bond like yeah this makes sense the version of lori that now exists is somebody who would be totally empathetic to this kid and and so it felt natural and not forced that i started to see how we were going to like kind of very organically i feel like a lot of the reviews and the reactions i've seen feel like it's ham-fisted but i i did not feel that way i felt like it was very earned all of the yep. stuff we built up to. i agree and when he gets down in that sewer and uh you know i love that we never flat out spell it out there's there's no like full-on cult of thorn mark or anything but like he's he's given him a little evil juice he's given him some of the juice yeah, and I was like, I got, I got, even though it's not explicit. I was like, he's given him a little. He's got a little bit. He's not going to go out and all of a sudden be 
you know. It was it was explicit but, enough that his wounded wing got better yes. after killing the guy. Like that that's I call that explicit. Like because every he killing me like, oh to yeah, yeah, I'm good now. <laughs> Which, of course, um, unless we share the actual Zoom uh, recording here, nobody's going to see my little acting there. But, yeah, no, uh, I did a little bit. It worked good. I, I feel like we definitely need to share it for Gavin's hair. Oh, for sure. RJ McCready, Helicopter Outpost 31. Yeah. US Outpost 31. Excuse me. Don't mean okay. shit to me. Give me the paper. <laughs> I do feel like there was a missed opportunity with the homeless guy. What's that? They cast someone who looked just enough like John Carpenter that you might as well have just cast fucking John Carpenter. Like it's too, you know, it's too bad. Buck Flowers, not a. Uh, oh my god, no god yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's just a goddamn shame, to be quite honest with you. No Robert you know Blossom to just they, lay no, down in the grass there. They should have gotten Tom Atkins to do it. Dude, oh, what a perfect nod, man! You hush your mouth. That would have been. <laughs> Okay, hey guys, I'm just I'm just gonna say it because we already you already somebody said his name out loud. I gotta do it. I'm sorry. As gorgeous as I think this final shot is, which we'll talk about in detail when we get to it. You know what would have taken this movie and just made it a flat out ten out of ten for me if we just slowly slow push zoom in and we see that that mask is made by Silver Shamrock, and that's the final moment of this trilogy. Um, I would have given him all the flowers in the world. I would be like trying to track him down in Charleston at his personal address and and thank him personally for doing that. Um, but yeah, yeah, that would have been fucking perfect. But I admire the restraint once again. I admire the restraint. But I did again. We didn't talk about. It. I do appreciate the nod in kills that everyone who gets killed gets their own personal silver shamrock mask. Yeah, that was a nice touch. It's something yeah. that it's something that like. People who don't know this franchise or people who are like, I don't like three or skip three. They're like, okay, whatever. But it's an, it's like a, a handshake for the people who love it. It's like, we get it. We know that's a nod. We know that he realizes that like that. Yep. That's the third film. And you know, it was, you know, terrible when it came out because people didn't, didn't like that. Michael Myers wasn't in it, but we still got to acknowledge that like technically in this whole franchise, that movie existed and you know, here's a little, Tom, little little Easter egg nod to everybody. Tom Atkins would have been a, a, a chef's kiss addition to this for sure. Oh my god, that, yes. that would have been cool. Much better executed than the Charles Cyphers debacle. Oh my god. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, you see, I'm, I'm I'm all in on Atkins, however, not as the bum. Okay, I'm sorry. That that's that's just that's just a step too low. It is a little disrespectful, I guess. Yeah, I would have. He could have done anything in here, but you know, he could have. He could have here. I like I the doctor. Will, I adore Will Patton, and don't take yeah. him out of this movie. But he could have. He could have done the Hawkins role. Yeah, and we would have loved. Oh, as night of that would have strained uh, incredulity just a little bit. Oh, not, when we talk you, about straining incredulity, I could totally forgot about this in the opening. I'm so sorry. Sorry for getting excited. They're watching the fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah, because he watches the thing in Halloween. Yeah. But I but I, I know, but but <laughs> but you see, John Carpenter, you see, he directed <laughs> the thing from 1982. And he also made a little movie in 1978 called right. Halloween. Right. That, that that's was why they're the, watching it. The because... first movie. 
in this franchise. I know, because which is a universe breaking thing that when it occurred in the movie, I was like, I was like, do I need to cross my arms back? I just opened them up for you when you showed me 2019. I was like, do I need do I need to put them back? And then I was like, get over your bullshit. It's the thing, dude. It's it's the Norse. He doesn't want to see that again on a big screen. If Kevin Smith can direct the blunt man and chronic reboot. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> almost they can watch if, uh, the thing in Halloween. Yes. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. It's okay. Um, you got you guys go wherever you're going. I go grab a bottle of water. Be right back. All right. Let's take this thing into all new territory. Let's stop talking Halloween. Let's go straight to like uh House of the Dragon. I'm House kidding. Let's keep talking about Halloween. What's House of the Dragon? Uh, uh, LARPing in Westeros. Oh, I thought that. Oh, I immediately thought like, is that that Bruce Lee movie that no one liked? Dude, that too. That works better. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Noah says I'm not a real a Game of Thrones fan because I watched everything leading up, like within the months leading up to the final season. So he says I wasn't there for all of it. And I like I don't have the right to be a fan, and I was like, okay, whatever. And like I've never, I have. There's one of those Lord of the Rings movies I've never seen all the way through. I think it's the third one. So like I don't even know what to do about this one on on Amazon. This like most expensive show ever. On that, I'm like, okay. But again, luckily it's like I have the month of October to be like nothing but horror movies, and then I'll figure it out when I get done. Don't let him gatekeep you on anything. You're, <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, you're the that. you're the older brother. Right, you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want, man. Except for like like indie movies, apparently. We have <laughs> I don't know if I like indie movies anymore. I don't know if I'm allowed. I don't think there are indie movies anymore. I mean, I watched yeah. last year I watched Nobody. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. I'm I'm oh they, they played the trailer for Violent Night. And yes. I I had already shown it to mom. But when it played in the theater, she was ecstatic. And I was like, well, hell, she's going to want to do this now, too. She's going to want to come and see that, you know, as soon as it comes. This out. year, Christmas is a diehard movie. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to make that one trend, man. All right. So here's what happens. When, when Noah comes back, let's immediately start talking about Halloween again. Mm-hmm. Let's keep talking about other stuff until he gets back. Let's let him not find out what the fuck this is until he comes back and then That's listens perfect. to the actual podcast. And then it's like, oh, we're deleting this and this and this. I'm going to cut this section where they're just talking about absolute bullshit. Yeah, exactly. That works for me. And like I just a motorcycle. Really... Like, like, yeah. How do you learn? To and that's why work? Sartain was the most important part of the first movie. Yeah. I Great mean, bit. Great bit. I love it. There's no way you were talking about Anton Sartain for that long. There's no fucking way. What's up, guys? Glad to be back. Did I miss anything? (laughs) You'll have to wait and see, sir. You have to edit this podcast to find out what you missed. Oh, I'm not editing anything. I'm slapping. (laughs) You have to listen to this podcast to find out what you missed. I'm slapping my own music on it. Shout out to my two my two separate singles that dropped uh, this month. That was my contribution oh to my October. No, I, we were I was at I was at mom and dad's and they were like, oh, listen to this thing. And I just heard doom doom. And I went, that's the thing. And they were like, what? I was like, this is the thing. Like it this is inspired by the thing. Listen. So dad's still playing it. And I went on like Apple Music and found, you know. And you he, played them side by side. And he was like, Oh, well, that's neat. And you were like, like Ennio Morricone and uh, and John Carpenter have a lawsuit on their hands. 
Hey, you said inspired by. I mean, you know, it's not. Like I did. Yeah. I mean, it's basic. It's it's my answer to the question: Who goes there? Exactly. There you go. Yeah. I mean, and, and legally, you're allowed to use X amount of seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just can't. Particularly if it's it tra- if it's transformative. Yes, it is definitely. Uh, yeah, more out there. There you go. It's just a sample, man. And then the, the the B side is uh, no. It's I mean, it's me playing those bomb bombs. It's me no, no, playing no, I meant like. Oh yes, metaphorically. Um, but uh, and then the the B side on that one, which is called Stoker, is very much a uh, assault on Precinct Thirteen meets Christine inspired hi hat jam with some just bassy synths. Uh, really, really good. In my personal opinion, hope everybody likes it. Check them out. Narc lowercase n capital A R K on all your music services. That was my mid episode plug. I don't know if this is mid episode. I don't know how long how long we're gonna be here, but uh. man, that's two plugs, man. You got to plug in for music. I got to plug in for a defunct podcast. That is yeah. everyone's entitled to one good scare. The Archives exclusive Halloween franchise deep dive podcast, which is available under the the current feed. Late fees waived. Um, I think we reposted all of the series there. Nice, I, be- I believe. Nice. As this episode is brought knows. to you by the Bay of Lynch. The oh, yeah, another show. Famous non-podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, the Contrarian Cousins, of like much talked about project that another non-podcast. Happened, but I always like to remind myself that it's a really good idea. We definitely should do it sometime, whenever that. No, may be. that's okay. the name. That's Perfect. the name of the new podcast. We should definitely do it sometime, and it's just us talking about. All the shit we should definitely do without. Yeah, I think it's. I think instead of it being like, I think me and Patrick should be pitting the movies. Like we should be picking the movies to pit against each other. But I think we should all talk about them. Absolutely, and we should just have a little film club. Maybe just do one of those a month for Patreon. Yes. His name was Silent Bob. <laughs> His name was Silent. His Bob. Name was Silent Bob. Because um, no, if we don't know what you guys are watching and you're talking about it, the point of it would be one of you is trying to sell it to me and me and Matthew. No, the Even whole we've probably ori- seen it. The original concept was that, like, Pat, I just was throwing out some movie titles to Patrick, and he was like, "No, nah, that's not it." And I was just like, "What? Like this canonical classic <laughs> movie? Like, what the fuck are you talking about?" He's like, "No." Nah. Don't do it for me. You sure and he I was wasn't like, like, have you seen The Prowler? I mean, that definitely came up once okay. or twice, for sure. Yeah. But that's that's what, you know, inspired it. So it would be a lot of like, hey, can we talk about like why you don't like The Shining? Or why like <laughs> I can, you I can don't talk like about the Coen brothers? Or why you so, think Scorsese is overrated? Like, can we so, talk about these things? Why do you hate this much beloved movie that the rest of the world adores? Yes. I don't know, I fucking hate it. What's uh, what's wrong with you, sir? Can we get to the root of this? Uh, what's eating Patrick J. Blanche? <laughs> Contrarian Dining. cousins just has Dining. too many dissolves. That's mm. that's your big beef. That's your big beef. So too many. I dissolves. fucking see it though. Now that yeah, there's a lot of fucking dissolves in that movie. There's a hey, there's a lot of shit in those transitions, man. Oh, you just gotta. Oh, just gotta the camera's so locked down. Okay. Um, Thank you for a nice segue. Speaking of locked down cameras, something that was very engaging from the opening and carried through very nicely through the entire movie 
this movie did not look or feel like either of the previous two David Gordon Green Halloween films to me in any way, shape, or form. It felt way more elegant, way more assured, way less like I need to do like visceral put you there, like shaky cam sort of shit. It felt way less handheld, way more, you know, steady cam. The, The energy that the original is shot with, even in terms of pacing and editing. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of those, gla- I mean, I know Gavin and I were enjoying these. We, we, we didn't have any moments where we turned and looked at each other, but like spiritually, I knew Gavin, like as soon as, as soon as they're riding on that bike and it's nighttime and like, there's some synth wave kicking in, like, I know you were feeling the vibes and like, again, that, that pacing and like that, that slow burn again to me it's one of the most slow burn of any of the halloween movies since the fucking original like oh 100 we don't see michael myers until almost what halfway into the movie i yeah yeah, i I was and i was the other thing i i looked today because i was going to try and rewatch it or whatever but i was like oh that was that was an hour and 51 minutes like did not feel like it at all right. like just felt very well paced i was engaged the whole time and i was never looking at my watch or really conscious of where i was in terms of like how far we were going to go with this how far we were going to stretch right. out the other shoe dropping essentially so i mentioned that it's kind of my only huge sticking point it's not even a huge one but the only kind of like thing that didn't fully work for me i think is they, they do a good job of setting up the Allison Corey dynamic of why they would partner right. up um, on an emotional level, as well as just a narrative level of like, okay, Lori, <laughs> Lori befriended them. And like, she thinks they would be good together, whatever. Um, and they have what I think is a pretty great scene at the bar where he's finally able to kind of like cut loose and enjoy himself. And then it's immediately thrown right back into space. And like, it, it's just crazy how bringing the mom back in that, you know, at that point in the game, essentially, you're kind of so, at least for me, it was totally working. I mean, where it's like, even though I knew where this guy's ultimately headed, I kind of didn't want to see him get there. I was like, yeah, they've, sure. they've, they've managed to like give Allison a lot more to do actually like kind of in having her deal with the death of her mother, her dad, et cetera give that a little bit more because now there is the natural distance from it it's like it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier gav where it's like people people want to nitpick oh their reaction to this or that wasn't big enough or whatever and i'm like those first two movies it's it's the same fucking night like everybody's essentially in extended shock and like shock and awe, you know whatever so you can kind of excuse some of it but again giving that distance to let them process a little bit more and seeing how she could be kind of seduced by a Corey who's like, you know what? I'm kind of over it. Like, fuck these people. Like, fuck this town. Fuck the way they look at us, the way they treat us. Like, you know, nothing that's never gonna change. So why yeah. should I, why should I give anybody a chance? It's just us against the world. And there was a little part of me that was like, are we, is this just this is going to turn into like natural born killers. Like that's what I was are saying. We about to yeah, see like, like a lovers on the run movie. Cause I, 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 we had taken a wild enough swing, honestly, yeah. that I was like, 
he could he could pretty much do whatever at this point. So I, I genuinely was like, where are they going to go with this? Like, is she going to get fully seduced into like right up until the point of him murdering someone in front of her? And that's when she's like, oh, I didn't I didn't mean this. I'm not uh, not that cool with with. Uh, I'm going to tell everybody how we feel, not murder everybody, asshole. I didn't mean slam the DJ's face eight times on the turntable. And cut off his tongue. tongue Great bit, though. Great bit. People, people were chuckling in the theater. I don't know if that was a a nice like, hey, that was a cool kill, or like, hey, that was satisfying. I don't know what that reaction was, but people seemed to enjoy it in the theater, our theater at least. Would you think of our theater where it was just three of us, (laughs) other than Patrick and I? There there, there was like that that row behind us. There 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 were nine eighteen year olds behind us. I forgot they rolled in like right before the movie started. Um, now, see, to me, play, like there wasn't a lot of reaction to it. To me, on an intellectual level, that's David Gordon Green saying, "All of you people who are out <laughs> here t- t- yelling your heads off about Halloween kills and what I did in my reviews, all of you guys are essentially just squawking and squawking and squawking like a DJ on a daytime talk show." And here's what I think of you: I'm gonna slam your face into the, the dj booth board for like eight times then i'm gonna cut your tongue off and i'm gonna let that tongue you know cause the record to skip that's what i think it's just like a i don't care about what any critics or anybody who's spewing conspiracy theories anybody who wants to be alex jones i don't care about all that this is my movie this is my film this is what i'm doing to close this franchise and now you're seeing it you're in the shit man it's happening buckle up because from there it just goes like that yes that's before no that's not the is that right after the is that i did not mention the doctor he opens basically with the doctor and the nurse's assistant right that's kind of the first set piece of his night of terror terror when are the kids though when are the kid the kids after the dj booth or before the dj thing that's after right but but the dj thing is him by himself there is no michael myers there right no right no it's just him and it's just him yeah with the kids right so the first the first person that gets killed is the guy who like openly criticized and made fun of like um allison and him like talk shit about both of them being like the problem and whatnot right so Mm -hmm. the idea that it's like that's the first person that he kills by himself with no help of michael and that kicks off the back half of i'm fucking taking out everybody who ever wronged me you know and I thought there was going to be that brief minute at the um, at the junkyard where he was like, you know what, little girl that's underneath there, like you really weren't mean to me. You were kind of hearing the voice of reason. I could, I nope. Oh, Oot. I had the exact same reaction. I was like, right. she gets it the worst, and she was yeah. the nicest of the bunch. And to yeah. me, that is when I also was like, he has fully like right. No, hey, he's, he's, he's done. He's, he's yes, he is. He has now killed him you know he's gotten his he's gotten his uh reps in and now he is being more and more imbued with with the powers but i love that he's he's clumsy those Mm -hmm. scenes are shot very differently than we've we would ever see michael shot like even in some of his more brutal moments i feel like there's just there's a staging to them maybe it's the physicality of just like it's a smaller dude in the suit kind of looks more like we're watching see, 78 that's the thing michael I'm curious do about these that. brutal things it's a, it's a little jarring 
there is, and it's, I'm not sure if it's just, hey, he's got the mask on, so he's 100% a stuntman here. Mm -hmm. Or if he's got the mask on, he's James Jude Courtney here. But there is a height and size discrepancy between when he's when he's got the Michael Myers mask in his hand and when he's mm-hmm. got it on his head. I and like maybe he is a much bigger guy. Maybe once that mask goes on. Maybe theatrical. I was not. I, I didn't read it as much in the moment. Maybe I'll catch that more in a rewatch. But I, I noticed more. But he he felt more like the original shape, which which to me was more jarring when you do have him fumbling around and stuff yeah. like that, honestly, more like a, sh- more like ghost face than anything else. And some of that, that clumsy murdering in the, in the house specifically when he tries to get the door, all of that stuff, the, the scarecrow mask, pretty effective for me mm-hmm. in, in that moment of the, the killing of the doctor, which I thought was pretty effective. Yeah. Uh, you okay there, Gab? I'm good. I'm just you know, you know, dog alert. Dog is doing on this. On my bed next. I was looking at something because uh, I was curious as well. Oh, by all means. No, just it's a weird, weird thing of like how many. So, I mean, there's several before. I'm just thinking like essentially he's killed, uh, uh, Corey's killed like so many people by the end of this. And it's like, I was just thinking back, trying to do the math from like 18 of like how many people died before he went on the Halloween kills rampage, Mm -hmm. because like, it would be interesting if the same number of people Corey killed total before, like he came to Lori and it was like, now I'm going to go on my rampage on Halloween night. I'm going to start with this bitch. And then I'm going to murder every, you know, try to get up to like the 27 or 34 whatever the i've seen numbers of like 27 people total in in halloween kills and then there's another thing that says it's all 34 people i don't know but i was just interested there's some there's, there's on screen versus off screen there's all that shit right yeah. i just think it was interesting if like the amount of people that michael killed in the actual like halloween 18 remake if that was the same number that he eventually does kill between stabbing the the uh pirate dude no. And all, and all no, I think the body count's just way too high in, in 18 versus yeah. what he's I'm, no. I'm running through 18 and I'm at 10 already. Right. And I haven't he hasn't even killed the two cops yet. Um right. yeah. with the bond me uh peanut butter and jelly. Um yeah, so I think he's I no, think and again, that's like, where I, I like that it was very much connected to just the personal motivations we had already seen set up. But, um, you know, he had his list, essentially, but he's also simultaneously kind of being corrupted by this thing, but also not fully because essentially, uh, I mean, I like the scenes with him and Mike, like when he, uh, oh, he brings him, he brings him the cop. You know what it reminds me of? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It It reminds me of what's his face in Christine as he's getting more and more like badass slowly Arnie yeah yeah, it's like he's slowly getting like now I'm gonna you know I just think of like there's a lot of a lot of Keith Gordon and who's the actor playing who say what uh they uh they've been saying uh David Gordon Green and stuff that there's a huge Christine motif that plays out in this movie I mean you got the junkyard the the 
Again, yeah, it's like that, he loved Christine turn, as well, but the, he was trying to get it like the seduction by an evil force of a guy who everybody around him was like, this was a good kid. Like he just got dealt a shit hand and like just the world beat him up enough where he just he just snapped one day. But it's like, but what if there was a supernatural evil attached to it? It's very, very Christine. And I think I forgot they did mention that he kind of he said that's one of my big influences on this one. And I kind of. I, I guess I'm glad I forgot it, honestly, because yeah, it, it caught me quite by surprise. But yeah, um, I got a lot of a lot of Arnie vibes from him. Who is the actor, though? I'm sorry. We should shout him out. His name I, is I, I Rohan. It was... It's Rowan Campbell. Rohan Campbell. Rohan I'm Campbell. Sure. Okay. Uh, he was in uh, the Hardy Boys, short-lived Hardy Boys series. Did, he was did, that's all I know about him. Okay. Jaws 2. What? Jaws 2. Yeah. What? Oh, like we're talking about talking Corey, the, new, the new kid, not Arnie. Yeah, talking you're talking about, about the old school Hardy Boys TV series. That's what I thought. That I thought, actor was in Jaws too. Is that what I, you're saying? I thought you were looking up the Christine actor. No, no I was oh. looking up the. I was looking up Corey, who was in yeah. the new Hardy Boys, Boys. series. And this is a way, classic. Uh, way on who's on who's on first bit. This is a, the modern who's on first. Of, of uh, considering this kid is only one year older than Halloween H2O, uh, he definitely wasn't <laughs> yeah. in Jaws 2. Yeah, that I was I was perplexed. Okay, but anyways, yes. Uh, Rowan, Rohan, Campbell. Campbell. Uh, I thought very solid. And again, I, I immediately, the whole time I'm watching this movie, I was like, I feel so bad for this guy <laughs> because there's going to be a certain section of the internet and the fandom and a lot of people who are just gonna like just just absolutely obliterate this guy. And I'm sitting there oh, going, yeah. like, it's a great committed performance. And I, I really I I think it does everything you need that character to be. And I thought it was very effective. But I know absolutely. some people are just gonna fundamentally hate this decision so much that they're gonna write the character off before yeah. they um I give it a, a moment's second thought. Go ahead, yeah. I read a review where it's like he just looks like you know this character it's just it's constipated and i was like i would be too if i was grappling with like i fucking ran into michael myers and i'm slowly starting to give into all these fucking urges to kill the people who live in this town that have basically made me a pariah for a fucking accident i wasn't even supposed to be babysitting that kid that night his parents called me at the last minute and i just happened to say yes like yeah I'd, i'd look a little constipated in my performance too I'm, I'm grappling with all that. I'm getting terrorized by these 17 year old high school seniors, and I can't punch them in the face because I'm 24. So I'll go to jail, jail. Right. I love the element too that you can read into the opening of like, but you know what? He does. If he doesn't, if he doesn't transgress, maybe none of this happens because there is the moment of like, you know, don't don't feed him anything extra. Put him down by 8:45. He should be in bed. And the dad's literally like easiest money you'll ever make. And it's like, you know, by the, the fact that they're coming home when this thing has escalated in the attic and all of this shit that like, he's way up past his bedtime. There's all this other shit. Like it all escalated because it's like, maybe you shouldn't have let him watch the movie, man. Maybe you should have let him see this, the thing. Maybe you should have Maybe if you had been a good movie. babysitter, like Lori Strode, Strode was. But she did let Tommy watch monster movies. So Yeah, true. It's true. I don't know. It so maybe Lori Strode is a bad babysitter as well. Maybe she and had that's a comment the and she narrowly avoided death. Who knows? Okay. So yeah, we have the his night of terror, which I honestly I think 
kind of manages to do a microcosm of what does quote unquote work about kills, which is like the concept of it being this trail of terror and like it's all in one night. But this one had motive and purpose to it. And we felt like it was driving towards something. Um, it felt like there was an actual engine, not just like got to get to that window. You know, I just, yeah. uh, so I was, I was right there with it. And I wasn't really bothered by the fact that like, Hey, my, Mikey's kind of like a, a classy supporting character in this movie. Like he's not really around, but I don't mind it. I, I like that. I, I know there's a certain segment that's just going to be like, yeah, they just make you wait like an hour and 30 minutes and then and then she fights him and it's like, that's it. That's all you get of Michael. And I'm just that's like, yeah, uh, that's the Brendan Riley take right there. How? how yes, could that's they, our friend who saw it with us as well in the same how, theater. How yeah, could they play so. us true fans like this, man? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I'm a Mike. I'm a Mikey true fan. How? They told us in all the marketing, Strode versus Myers, like they're going to duke it out for an hour and a half. And I'm just like, when did you ever think you were getting that movie? When did, I, what did, what did you think this was going to be? Like, well, no, that's okay. That's that was my question earlier when you were like the ending of her walking out towards him. What's that movie? What's the I don't read the room and I don't have the COVID break to say, I think I'm going to put too much in. You know, yeah, and so you get to make what you're gonna make because I would have loved it if all three of these were in the same night, and the last one was basically like, I gotta go to him. I hid in my fortress, I got the town to help me, nothing happened. I gotta go to his house. But but again, that once again, and a a showdown in the Myers house would have been a, a cool way to bring that together. But I the ultimate savior of this to me is that it redeems like why her why her and ultimately the answer is it didn't matter like it, there no, was that's my that's my favorite thing about this entire about, reboot it uh, yes. doesn't matter like it why did this guy do this he's pure fucking evil and that's, that's what gets back to the, the original. original but that gets so much back to the shape and the whole it's, idea of it's not it's not the right. man. It's not this corporeal form. It's not this guy you can wrap your brain around. It's just a force. It's a shape. It's some. It's something else. You know. Oh, what she and I think about that, that works in eighteen and this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think kills undercuts all of that by trying to shoehorn yet another motive on top of Michael Myers. Yes. When she went into the whole thing about like, and it's I've heard Carpenter say it plenty of times about like. You know, there's the evil on the outside of, of the tribe that like it you, you worry about coming in, but there's another evil, and that's what's inside of the people already sitting around the campfire. Mm-hmm. I was like, thank God that that was actually put in a movie and not just some talking head documentary he was in, because it this runs that line of like you have this force that's like in your community. It's the terror from the outside because he wasn't there and now he's here. Oh, but he was here the entire time. He was in your community and he snapped on you, so so to speak. And then you sent him away. And so first chance he gets, I'm going back to where I was. I just want to go home, so to speak. He wants to come back out of the darkness around the campfire with the rest of the tribe. And 
kills is basically the tribe saying that's not happening dude and Mm -hmm. this is like to me more of a meditation on what happens when you maybe don't rile up the tribe so much but you also maybe don't pay attention to like what's going on with the tribe inside of them like what's going on you know how nobody's checking in and i I, that's why i appreciate the moments of her trying to reach out to Corey and being like you want me to cut their tires or you want to do it like that was a great i'm still i'm still that that bitch like i'll still laugh i don't give a shit you know for sure but you know and to wrap it up with like her you know writing a memoir about it and and having all these like expounding on on different things that i appreciated in terms of the idea of like this is the finale, the catharsis, the final end of everything. And I mean, there's plenty more beats we can get to. I'm not rushing you guys, but like, I do want to talk about like what I have said you have to do in like every scary movie. It's like they picked, like they went into my brain, like possessor (laughs) style and was like, oh yeah, we should do that. Because like I've said from the beginning, just do that and you're fine. Like, just kill him the way that they killed him in this movie and you'll be okay. fine. Well, I mean, I don't, I think we've hit a lot and by all means circle back to wherever you need to guys, but we've talked about like kind of the night of terror that leads up right. to it. Sorry. And I did want to circle back to the moment where he brings in the, the cop, the ex, uh, the guy who Allison was seeing, Doug. but yes, Doug, Doug Dwyer or whatever the fuck his name was. But yeah. Um, when he brings him in, I, I, it was one of the more interesting moments where I was just like, I've never quite seen this dynamic in one of these movies, mm-hmm. like a Halloween movie or like slashers of this type where, because they're not enemies because they're allies, but Corey, the way he's positioned holding that guy, it's almost like he's feeling the sensation of being murdered by Michael but not actually being taken. I don't know. That, that was a great moment. It was just the staging of it and everything. I was very struck by. I was like, what an interesting concept of like, Michael's stabbing you, but you don't have the natural terror of like, oh my God, I got to get away from this. It's like, why are you just right. chilling there with a, a, a torso on top of your torso? This is fucking wild. Something it's, I was it's like, very much what? staged like uh, um, Renfield bringing uh, food to Dracula. Yes. It's or like, if we want to get grimier with it, uh, some of the more deplorable scenes in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer with Tom Holmes. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, that's what yeah. it made me think of. Yeah, that, uh, that's on that's on my list. You still haven't seen Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? I still have not seen Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. It's okay. Killer. You've saved yourself a disturbing evening. Yeah, you're not you're not missing anything <laughs> but a bad time. A like, good bad time. What what uh, the what the hell are you doing? Well, I'll watch it again. Oh my god, one of the most fucked up lines in the history of cinema. Okay, yes. let's uh, let's move along. Uh, <laughs> sorry, but I really dug that. Uh, just thought it was interesting, just interesting staging. And then we get these kind of like brutal, sporadic kills. Um, and then eventually, Mike Michael's kind of like back in play as well. And we we get down to to business basically where i knew where it was going she has the showdown with Corey. of course allison you know comes back oh, at the exact yeah, but sorry the, i'm flash no, i'm doing too fast no no one thing that i just love that i don't know if anybody caught when he comes back and basically takes his mask and he's like you're just a man in a mask 
Like you're yeah. not like that to me. I was like, this is perfect. There is no curse of thorn. Yes. He was shot a couple of times by people who, before they beat him down and you, he does, you know, he is not a hundred percent at all throughout this entire movie for whatever reason, you know? Yeah, exactly. You got, yeah. That was the one thing that like in every trailer I saw was like, well, whoever the hell that is opening the door, that ain't Michael Myers. Cause that's a full hand. That's not a hand that has like, you know, mm-hmm. all it, 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 that hand has every finger on it. Not, you know, fucked up. So see, I have a different read on that. You're just a man in a mask moment because that's the moment where Michael's like the fuck I am. Mm-hmm. Cause he does the, he does the pop up without right. the mask. He's like, no motherfucker. I'm still the shit. I don't know who right. you are. <laughs> Again, in my head, he was like, no, I gave you a little juice. Hold, hold on a second there. I gave you like 25%. I still got 75 here. And that's right. quite enough to fucking deal with you, bud. And thank Give you for me reminding me. Thank you for reminding me because I totally forgot that I still have 75%. Right. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I forgot. I was, I'm was. i still the shape. <laughs> yes. Totally Thanks forgot. for the recall. I uh, No, I acted. That was one of those moments where, uh, again, we didn't quite have a crowd that was like fully embracing everything. But like, what, what, no, when he did the pop up, I, I wanted to applaud at that moment. Yes. I was, I was, I mean, that was just pure class to me. I was like, no, perfect, perfectly timed, staged everything uh yes let's do this let's let's go um so yeah we have the showdown with him and Lori. i agree with you gab the earlier scene where she comes where uh she's uh she's in the chair up against the wall and she's just you know yeah just slamming back in like very rhythmically she's uh and that was that was a moment where i'm like that's that's the badass from h2o to me that's that that's the, yes. that's the believable badass version of this character who's like she's hardened but like she's a fucking firecracker she's a pistol and they they do that with like the tire moment as well where it's like yeah fuck these kids fuck them like yeah fuck up their tire which is again the way that when i look back on this already having not rewatched it but the way that it organically builds the the circles of influence of these characters and they kind of like collide and everything her doing that in the moment you're like oh fuck yeah get back at these kids that event is what makes them come back around and fuck him up leading to the sewer everything that like leading to the escalation of all that it's like again she's she doesn't know problematic for what she's what she is, you know, what the spider web, the butterfly effect of everything that she's causing in the moment when she does it. And like that, her, and so much of this movie to me is her coming to terms with like what this whole arc of the Michael Myers, Lori Strode of everything has done to a community, her family and everybody. Yeah. And her finally realizing that like, yeah, it maybe it's not, we both have to go at the same time. Uh, but, you know, maybe I can be the one to stand, stand up to the darkness. So do, can we get to the final fight? What do you guys think? I mean, I, we, I, hmm. the, the final fight in just between the two of them, the actual two of them, disregarding Corey. Yes. It felt 
a little anticlimactic to me. Okay. It felt anticlimactic because I have seen this twice. I have seen the final fight. I saw the H2O final fight. Mm-hmm. I saw the Resurrections final fight. And now yeah. this. Compared to H2O, this feels a little underwhelming. Little, not a lot. Right. I mean, but also she to be fair, H2O is like it's the whole third act. I mean, it's an yeah. it's this whole extended set piece of yeah. yes. But go ahead. But while underwhelming, I feel it's more earned. Right? Like mm-hmm. it she definitely earned every ounce of ground she gained on him in this fight. And Allison coming in in the clutch move and saving the day when it looked like Lori might not pull it out. But but maybe maybe she got maybe she got like 48% of that juice. <laughs> saying he was holding on for a long long time. Um I liked um I liked how intimate it got. I liked how yeah. how small we were able to just like get things down to it's just a kitchen and it's just it's just the two of them and it's a believable struggle. I believe that Jamie Lee Curtis at age what 67? I'm I'm not sure. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I may she be was way a year off. older than Lori Strode. So she was 18 when Lori was 17 and 78. So she's born the same year as your dad. Yeah. Your dad. Your dad, not ours. So he was not speaking to me. Neither one. Gavin and I are both like, how old is that? How the fuck old is that? I just know. I just know. No, he's going to be 60. Regardless, I believe that Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis could take the take the licks that she does and keep on ticking in this fight. Um, Timeline wise, the best way you can always remember this is Laurie Strode, your dad, Michael Myers, <laughs> our dad. Okay. <laughs> okay. Got it. That's the ages. But, Nailed uh, it. My my thing with the, the, the cap to the end fight, and as soon as soon as she did it, in my mind, I was like, Lori, you, you dropped the knife. Why are you always dropping the knife? Like yeah. I understand, I understand that Allison just saw you holding it, and like it just came out of, just came out of Corey and everything. But you drop the knife, and the door opened, and Michael's there, and you drop the knife again. This is what Class, you do in classic Halloween. mistake. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's very telling. The dropping of the knife is the in the intentional callback to the fact that the final fight is going to take place in the room that she escaped the first fight from. Mm-hmm. Right, that it, okay, so the cut on the stairs was hardly anything, right, in 78. Right. Their real showdown was going to be in that fucking kitchen while she was trying to bash out the window and, you know, get that rake out so she could get out of the building yeah. and get back across the street to Tommy Doyle. It had to end in a kitchen. Like it had to come back to there, and I thought that was kind of clever. Yeah. No, I, I, I dug it. I dug the staging, all of it. Mm-hmm. And again, I start logically thinking through. I'm like, all right. I mean, you slit his throat. Okay. Okay. You fridged him. 
fridged him. I did like the fridge. The fridge was a nice touch. Um, I was like, okay, we're, we're bleeding him out, but I'm like, I mean, this guy's taking, taking a lot of blood loss. Like, let's be real here. Let's, let's be real here. Oh, so I no. love that Allison is the first one to speak up and be like, not dead enough. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like when she said that, it was just like, no, like, no, hold on a second. Evil dies tonight. tonight. I just want to be specific T- tonight, tonight guys. I, I don't know. We got to get this done tonight. Tonight. <laughs> tonight. We got to wake get up. O- wake up. Omar Dorsey, the most underused man in this entire franchise. <laughs> right? Wake up. Omar Dorsey. Get him out here. Get, throw on the hat and get everybody out of bed. We got work to do. Let's go to the junkyard. Let's go to the junkyard. Okay. I, that was honestly, like, as I soon thought, as she said it though, I knew where they were headed. Like the second she was like, not dead enough. I was like, ah, fucking thing was Chekhov's fucking smasher. T- tiny little part of me, tiny little part of me. Was I like, thought he was going to wake up and grab her and pull her in with him. Honestly, something, something like last minute scare. When they're, when they're driving in though, when they're driving in though, part of me was like, are they going to, they're going to like drive the car into the compactor and like, <laughs> leave him in the body and then i'm imagining a last shot where it's like instead of hearing bad to the bone on the radio instead we just hear (sighs) (sighs) coming from this this giant wad of metal and like that's the note he decides to close out the trilogy on i'm sure nobody would have had an issue with that at all um but no as soon as i was like oh grind i was like that's pretty effective because i've always just been like well you got to cut his fucking head off period dot end of statement that's the one thing i don't think we've ever done to him other than h2o and spoiler alert yeah the wrong man we got the wrong guy so you can't spoiler alert a 22 year old movie sorry 24 year old movie it's baked into me at this point where i just i don't (laughs) always have to say it but um i mean spoiler alert i was like it's coming and noah built an ark right that's yeah it's true okay the uh, the the essential the the sh- the shredder the meat grinder whatever yeah. the hell we want to call it, I mean, I I I liked that we're just gonna put a fucking fine point on it, but we're still still gonna have a nice little what I thought was just a just a chef's kiss of a a denouement after that. I felt like the yeah. movie could have cut to credits. After seeing his skull pop, um, like a fucking jack o' lantern being smashed on the ground, yes. where that mask it. Uh, final look at uh, final look at Lori, and then I think we, I, we we could have cut there. And I'll be honest, when we started hearing the voiceover of her book again, I was like, "Be careful!" So mm-hmm. be, in my, I literally was like, "Be careful, David Gordon Green." Like, don't you have all my good graces? I was like, "This might be one step too far." What are you doing here? What the fuck are you doing? And then, sorry, you guys can jump back whenever you want to, but I'm just, I'm going to the end of the movie. Oh, I, th- um, I think you're going where I would go. So keep going. Okay. And, and then we get to, first of all, Hawkins comes back. I, I still, one of my other big regrets, along with Omar Dorsey not getting enough play across this franchise, is I love Will Patton so much. And I think he's great as this character that I just want more of him. I want more of him throughout this the the that's that's one of the big like i you know give me the the hawkins cut 
just just give it to me if it's out there. Right, that, that was the but, biggest mistake of kills is sidelining both of both them. of them. Like what a weird decision. And uh, arguably, I mean, those well, some no, of this the scenes is, this is the, the payoff of, them, of that. It is, and that's why yeah, again that's another the best part that retroactively really worked for me. But no, him coming back. And them having that great, I was like, no, okay, I did want this. I was like, I didn't know I wanted it, but I did want this. I'm glad you did it. Okay. Yeah. And then, I said that last and night. then, and then to do the cutarounds, mm-hmm. to do the classic mirroring the ending of 78, but it's daylight now and mm-hmm. showing those rooms again. And I'm like, oh, this, this just feels right, man. It's like, you know, brighter day, the evil has passed, whatever. But then we get that fucking final shot. The very final shot is the mask on the table, right? Right. And then fucking Don't Fear the Reaper kicks in, and I'm having this dueling thing of, like, genius music cue, perfect, great way to end this, this trilogy. I love it. I love the choice. But I was like, I was like, but but seriously, did did 48% get into her? And like, what, why is she keeping that mask? I said to you last night, I was like, they couldn't have thrown that in the shredder. Yeah, like, exactly. That's we why could I was have like, been done with all aspects of this gentleman. Like why we got to keep it around. And then sure enough, it's just sitting there, the final shot. And I'm like, I don't know. So yeah, uh, obviously I, I don't want any more of these right now. And I don't want mm. any more Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, but I was just wondering how did how did the final moments play for you guys? I, they played beautifully for me. Like the the idea of her cutarounds to the locations she was in instead of the locations yes. he was in was brilliant. And the mask didn't really feel like an ominous thing to me. <clears throat> Um, in fact, the my first thought when I saw the mask is okay, that's the Halloween six box getting ticked. Because if you look at the franchise, it is just a series of, okay, I'm referencing this here and this here and this here. And I'm like, that's the Halloween 6 ending. The mask is just on the ground. It's cool. Um, Didn't occur to me (laughs) until you said it that, oh, that might be be an intentional ominous thing. Again, no, that is not, to be clear, that's actually not how I read it in the moment. It's only when we finish the movie and Gavin's like, I give it five years. And our mom, who just you know doesn't want to let this shit go ever wants to let anything go it's so it's just immediately like but you know they could do and she's just she's brainstorming immediately and and of course so i'm just like well yeah mom i guess they could they could have been setting that up all well that's not my overall take the way i took it in the moment was chef's kiss i'm almost in tears at the way you did this cut the cut around yeah i thought it was just beautiful and then to have blue oyster cult as a callback yeah. that also is just a, the one licensed the, song in the right exactly. to be just the perfect song for that moment and the moment that thematically the movie has built to at that moment i was like this is this is perfection this is like this is the best send off i think you could have done for for what this was i was i was incredibly satisfied i looked at it as like especially with the mask, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, every killer takes a trophy. Mm. Mm, that's Lori's trophy. That's a, that's that's, a way to yeah, look at I it. I was like, yeah. on the darker subtext of like, she beat, she defeated evil, but there was nothing 
yes, she is different than him, but no, she's not. She uh-huh. has taken a life. He has yeah. taken many more than her, but there's nothing separating them two now. She has come full circle. It's like, yes, I was the victim, but now like, you know, the whole fake out with the, did you think I really shoot myself? All this, she stalked somebody. She didn't kill Corey, you know, but she right. killed her well, boogeyman. There, well, there is the you line know? in the movie that someone says, you are Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. And she, she stalks Corey. She, she's in the background looking at him. Yep. And mm-hmm. like in a way to defeat Michael, she had to become Michael. Right. Well, I mean, there's also there's the, the look away at the chair, right? He looks away for one second and she's yep. gone. She's I thought he Michael Myers turned like Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought he made all that I, up in his mind. Like he was, that I was also, the, he was going crazy moment. Oh, and could be read that way for sure, yeah. honestly, and wouldn't really affect. Had she not acknowledged it, yeah. had she been like, I don't know what you're talking about. I never threatened him. That would have been more of a cue for me to be like, oh, that dude's I going crazy. Yeah. Well, I think there's ultimately a thing that it builds to that I, I thought kind of manages to land home is the resilience of that character across these three movies now to like she's kind of been to the the full-on dark alcoholic side of like this ruined my life she's been swung far back to the other side of like i've pieced my life back together or whatever but maybe it's i haven't fully resolved my issues or my feelings around the death of my daughter my my feelings of wanting revenge for this guy guilt over what i've wrought in the community what however you want to put it she hasn't like maybe fully processed all of this shit and the the resilience of, of the moment that uh you know i don't think i don't think anybody's sitting there in the theater going like oh my god she's gonna kill herself and it's interrupted by you know that whole beat um is kind of a a total whatever moment but leads us into that whole confrontation with them but i think there's the whole aspect of like you've seen a character who became corrupt like truly corrupted by michael who's had a trauma and then you know basically feeds into the evil lets the evil in essentially and the feeling that i get at the end of the movie is like i feel comfortable with her being the one who's keeping it at bay that like if it is in her essentially that i trust her to like she's she's worked her shit out at this point where she's she's gonna keep it together and like if that's the last source of the evil in Haddonfield, like it's okay because she's not she's not gonna turn into a murderous version of uh she's not gonna be the new female Michael, even though our mother really, really wants that to happen. Can I read you her uh her text exchange oh, earlier? Absolutely. Okay. If if you want, you can get her some comic books from the late nineties, early two thousands where that happened. Oh, I, we should definitely do that for Christmas. Like, yeah, we should. For sure. Okay. Well, we got to do that. We got to okay. recreate. So, this is from uh, Kathy Blanchard, the woman who showed uh, Gavin and I Halloween 1978 uh, many, many moons ago. Okay. She's bored easily with cherry blossoms. She kind of misses the excitement of the fight. The mask is just lying there on the table. Is it speaking to her? question mark question mark question mark (laughs) there are a lot of really shitty people walking around taking up space who have done terrible things to good people hmm jamie lee curtis as michelle myers 
the Avenger, dot, dot, dot. She said she would never play Laurie Strode again. Just saying. That's, that's where that's where mom nice. left it. Well, see, that's that that's sort of similar to Jason what I think Blum. The... Call us. Call my mom. Call my mom. <laughs> my continuance of the franchise, uh, uh, similar, similar. Mm-hmm. This is dead. There's no more in this timeline. We cannot. No do this. more Laurie Strode. No more Laurie Strode. Agreed. We've we've ended two different Laurie Strodes uh, involvements with Michael. We're done. We're done with Lori. Unless it's Scout Taylor Compton. Okay. If Let's you want to go with the, the theatrical ending where she's just in an institution, you could spawn off of RZ's too if you want to. Technically. What, what if that's the move? What if they're like, hey, Rob. <laughs> RZ3, baby. do one more? What the hell? What the hell, man? Want to come back? I don't think so. No, probably not. Um. But if we've already decided that we can just, you know, pick a random movie in the franchise and just erase everything that comes after it, let's just erase five, six, and, uh, uh, well, I mean, just five and six, because H2O erased those two already. Let's just pick up with 20 years, 40 years after fucking uh, Halloween 4. Okay. So Scout is now J- is now Jamie? Is that what you're telling me? No, oh, no, no, no. Danielle Harris, Harris is, is, is Jamie. Halloween 4. Four uh, years after the continuity of four, Lori is dead. Died in a car a, crash. She has a daughter, you might remember. And um, the last thing we saw of her is she stabbed her stepmom, her adopted mom, or whatever, you know, whatever she was, foster mom, with fucking scissors. And she's been in an institution all these years. Jamie Lloyd breaks out. I can see it now. Okay, um, I've watched the shit out of. <laughs> Bridging off of that and going into the 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 real world application, uh, there's been this kind of feud uh, going on between Danielle Harris and the Halloween producers because it didn't come to her to play the daughter, and she's been speaking out about it on every chance she gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scouty's been speaking about it. Um, whoever was planning the the red carpet premiere decided that they really needed to pacify the entire fan base uh, because they invited Danielle Harris and Scout Taylor Compton to the premiere of Halloween's uh, for photo ops with Jamie Lee Curtis. So for the first time, Danielle Harris met Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh wow! Uh, and supposedly uh, they had they. I don't know if they followed through, but they were trying to set aside time because Scout and Danielle have a, a podcast to interview Jamie Lee Harris. Curtis. With Jamie Lee Curtis, sorry. Danielle gotcha. Harris well, I Jamie. look forward to checking that out for sure. That would be um, dope. I, uh, I got to say, with, uh, with how things play out with Judy Greer and that performance in these two movies, I'm like, I don't feel like Daniel Harris missed anything by not like getting to play Karen. I don't feel right. like she missed out on any of that. Um, and I don't know that they would have like beefed up the role because again, we see what they did with like, and again, that was my frustration with kills. It was like, Oh, we're bringing back all your old franchise favorites, Tommy Doyle. And, and we're bringing back Lonnie Elam. Lonnie Elam. We're going to give you a whole backstory for Lonnie fucking Elam. You're going to like about? Lonnie Elam when we get out of this movie. I swear. Yeah. Not something, something John Carpenter didn't do. Yeah, not something I needed. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah. But yeah, so I, I yeah, I felt like 
even when they brought back legacy characters or actors, uh, they weren't always servicing them well. Um, I feel like the most compelling elements of this trilogy were the new characters, the new Mm -hmm. inventions. Allison, even while, again, I feel like kind of goes to sleep narratively um, in Kills. Like she's she's so one note. There's no dimension to that character. Yeah. Other than they just kind of like loop her in with the same thinking of her formerly estranged boyfriend. And like, that's just, that's her trajectory for the night. And then it's like, watch a bunch of horrible shit happen and be affected by it. That's it. There's no arc for her within that movie. Uh, and, nobody had an arc in Kills. No, no, no nobody does. Um, Except absolutely. Michael. Michael is but, the arc in Kills. Yeah, but I, I across across what they end up doing with it but like allison becomes a very interesting character hawkins again totally worked for me it, will Patton is one of the shining stars of this whole endeavor to me still and uh and Corey in in this one i again i was really impressed by that performance and i i i think a lot of people are gonna hate it like just on the surface and i i i uh, hope that that i hope they that already that guy still gets, gets <laughs> you know what i mean I hope I hope it doesn't affect him getting other opportunities because I, I know yeah. people are going to be shitting all over it and not being able to separate the character and the choices the movie is making from the fact that that performance is doing exactly what is required of yeah. that character. So is he going to be a priest in The Exorcist? You think maybe maybe I, I a little bone? Maybe sorry I uh, sorry I did that to you for your first go round, but uh, yeah, come back. Know. He does like to pull people in. I did love that one of the like more recognizable Eastbound and Down and Righteous Gemstones extras was uh, just the meat guy when Hawkins is in the yeah. grocery store. Those famous David Gordon Green extras that he just like loves to pluck real fucking people. God, sorry, uh, sorry, Patrick. I, I I don't know if I've ever if I said this in, in the course of this. Uh, and stop me if I have. My friend Grant. Uh, stunt doubled uh, Danny McBride in Eastbound and Down. Oh, you had not, you had not mentioned that. Um, very cool, cool, yeah. dope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. one of the things we haven't talked about yet, uh, because he was a standout performance when we talked about it in 2018. Uh, who was really happy that Julian got to come back? Oh, that was oh, a that was so a good, yeah. that was a chef's kiss moment for sure. And tie again tying it back into like because that's another thing I didn't like about kills. I I see Julian's in the cast, and I'm like, oh, dude, we're gonna get to spend more time with that kid the night of. Like, this is gonna be great. And then he's on a newscast, and he gets like half a line. Like, yeah. I was I was very frustrated by that. One of the many frustrations of that movie, I was just like. Oh, a character I do want to spend more time with, and no, you're just populating it with a bunch of assholes with pitchforks, basically. That I just like are just a mob, like literally just a surface level mobs are bad, like avoid mob mentality. I, the whole idea that they're just like, I don't know. It's been so much time trying to convince you that like this is the greater evil, and I'm like, no, Michael Myers is the greater evil, guys. It definitely. He's the well, bad guy. Don't well, no, forget you, who the bad guy is. If you had a, a four fake out, because we haven't had a fake out this entire series. There's no like, oh, oh, he's walking away and oh my God, I didn't see him. And, you know, uh, Bennett Tramer gets burned up. And then there's no fake out of like, 
you know oh okay yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. there's so many michael myers and in, in, we're chasing him around that would have been the time to do a fake out and have it as like we thought this was this guy it's not but like it's not but not like a like we got it where like it's the mob mentality of like the patient more so like somebody decided that they thought it'd be funny to dress up as michael myers 40 years after what he did to the town you mean ted hollister he was just walking his dog okay he was just (laughs) walking his dog in the original script it wasn't even ted hollister it was his dog but they felt that wasn't enough (laughs) it's ted hollister (laughs) great delivery dude you crushed it okay um any uh I mean, yeah. Any any final summation thought? I I feel like we did naturally kind of round into what we wanted to. You know, we managed to talk about kills a good bit. Yeah. In in rounding into this, and more I more than it deserved. I I yeah. I'm I'm very shocked uh, and and very pleased to say that I came away from this whole and it, again, it's been a bumpy ride, but yes. the ultimate moment it got me to the the this whole trilogy. Uh, I think was worth the time and the effort in a weird way. Um, I, I, de- I feel like it's finally worth the time. Like yes, I no, have they, been questioning the, the existence the of the entire enterprise. Thing. Yes. yes. <laughs> the the whole fucking time. I'm like, but why do we, and what do we, <laughs> but I think it, this one proved that it, it was worthwhile. And, and again, oddly, this will be the one that people will be like, oh, yeah, they killed the franchise for like 10 years. People hated that piece of shit, right? It will Seems be like those are the movies that, that I love. Exactly. <laughs> and and this immediately just jumped to, I was like, dude, I, I was like, yeah, a lot of people are going to hate it. But the same people right now who are like, oh, it's fucking dog shit, hated it. Michael was barely in it. Like two years from now, we're going to be like, you know what's secretly the best movie in the mm-hmm. franchise? Yep. It's Halloween. It's Halloween ends. Um, I loved. We call those people little, hipsters, Noah. Little quick side note: I just loved the uh, the title font for this yes. one. We didn't talk blue. about it. Yeah, I loved blue. the blue on black. It reminded me of uh, three a little bit, right? Oh yeah, yeah definitely. And it also just reminded me of like it. It just looked like David Lynch, like type type Lost Highway ish credits. And yeah. I was like, this is a little different. Um, and then I liked. Uh, Halloween Kills. We got the the mini pumpkins. I don't think you'll ever top the eighteen reconstruction. Yeah, that was just for sure. That was a great way to start things off. But I did like the multiple pull. The just pull. like yeah. you know tear, the tearing out of one and all of it building to a faceless one, which I, I thought was very fucking interesting. Really like the title. Uh, and we didn't really shout it out at any point. I don't know that there was a definitive like, oh my god moment like there was with uh, the shape hunts Allison in eighteen. Yeah. But I mean, do we need to say it again? John Carpenter, uh, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel oh, yeah. Davies doing the music for these has been a highlight across the board. A thing that even in Kills is not like it's not like that suffers all of a sudden or like they that. Do, but they do go back to that that redeemable quality. They do go back to that base track of like the shape hunts allison multiple times in kills because i and i'm and i appreciate it when they do and i just want to ask did, did any of y'all watch the the firestarter remake i haven't yet no 
the, I thought that, about it, but then I best part, sleep. honestly, is their score. I dug it the whole movie. That's the only thing that kept me around besides that gorgeous, gorgeous man, Zach Efron. Other than that, I was just, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to stay for the music. Well, that was the that was the only reason why I was going to watch it because I know Carpenter uh, did the music. You and guys, there's this, there's this whole history because he was supposed to direct Firestarter right. back in the day, and then something went over time, and there's this whole weird window between eighty and eighty four where Carpenter is slotted to direct a whole bunch of movies that never happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of would have been cool if he decided to come out of retirement to do this remake one because I'm sure it would have been you know, maybe a little better than whatever that movie is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do the thing that I do all across Late Fees Waved, if you want to check that out. Uh, this movie, uh, if the Thursday night uh, take for box office counted for Thursday, it is more than the other than the top 10 put together. It made uh, 5.4 million last night. Thanks. That's, that's a pretty you, solid trend. So I we're I assume we're looking at about twenty five to thirty, maybe. Which in this in this economy, um, yeah. and in this state of the current uh, U.S. domestic box office, is a, a huge win. <laughs> if, if that's what we're looking at, yeah. Uh, yeah. To note, uh, Smile, an original horror movie, has been number one at the box office for the last two weeks. Yeah. And is also just notable because it like had incredible audience retention. People want to see a horror movie right now. And I think something with way more name recognition and even one where it's like, oh, uh, yeah, maybe I wasn't so hot on the last one, but this is the last one. We like, we'll go check it out. Everybody's in the mood. I think it's going to do very well. Uh, but I, I'm interested to see what the drop off will be like after people start talking to their friends about it. Cause I feel yeah. like the casual fan that goes into this is going to be very upset and not know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, this is, this is for the enthusiast. It really is, is. And that's, yeah. that's where at the end of the day, I felt like so much of the, the nods towards the mm-hmm. franchise and stuff in kills and even somewhat in 18 felt just like very surface level fan service where it's like, Oh, you're just, you're doing a cutesy little nod to the thing. I like, okay. I know you, you like the same things I like. Okay. Or whatever. This was the first one that felt like, Oh, but we're, we're friends now. Like you were kind I wasn't sure about you. I wasn't sure if you vibed with the franchise in the same way I did initially. Like maybe, maybe you like four a little too much. It's not even franchise. You know, maybe you're a three guy. It's, it's kind of that thing where you're like, I, I don't like I'm feeling you out. And by the end, I realized I was like, no, you were one of us all along because this mm-hmm. movie feels like the daydream of like, what if they just had some balls, dude? What if they just got weird with it? What if they really took some big fucking swings with the franchise, the characters, the mythology, all of it? And then, you know, it feels like a daydream that actually paid off. It feels like mm-hmm. a it feels like a fan film of the highest order. And I mean that and it, with huge compliments. Oh, yeah. A yeah, franchise yeah. that has, what, like 10 to 12 fan films of it made like every year, you know? I'm just like, it feels like that writ large. And yeah. to me, extremely well executed. I What a fucking great time at the movies. Oh. And it, it, I loved that some of the nods 
were to the shit ones. It, like, it was that, that made me happy when it's like, hey, did you like Barry Sim before he got stupid and came to the Haddonfield College? We're going to do that for the whole movie until this dude gets fucking murdered. Okay. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is fully thought out. It's just been cooking on in the old noggin. Maybe you guys can help me think through it a little bit, but I was going to come in with this super hot take that it's like, no, you see Gordon green was actually a, a Kaiser. So is a S genius all along. And you know what he was doing? You know what he was doing. He was making a trilogy, you see, that encompasses the entirety of the Halloween franchise as we know it up until this point. He starts with a film that that feels very beholden to the original, that is full of callbacks to trying to put us in the vibe of that. And then what do we get with his sequel? We get something that's kind of devoid of any interesting characters, kind of just filled with a bunch of set piece kills, kind of just runs around in circles for quite a while or whatever, kind of introduces some convoluted, complicated backstory elements and a lot of side characters that we maybe have a surface level bond with, but maybe they do weird things like, I don't know, kill them off at the opening of Halloween 5. You know, it's that where it's like, oh, Tommy Doyle is going to be a character in this? Oh, he really didn't amount to shit. And we just killed him in a montage with a bunch of other people. Yep. And uh, Lindsay Wallace, uh, she's she's just she's a good hider, I guess, and she and good can't. at drinking wine, I suppose. But okay, so you. But anyways, so kills is kind of that midsection glut, mm-hmm. also mirroring the '80s horror in general of like it's all gore, it's all effects. We're just going to shove it in your face. This is what you want, right? You just want more of this shit. You don't care about having a good story. Fuck you. Like actively antagonistic towards its audience, arguably. Okay. And that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of where, you know, I, I know four has two huge fans on, on this cast right now. And I'm quite a big fan of it myself. I'm more referring to kind of five is where five. We, we get off the rails or whatever. And the bits of the hints of weirdness, if you will, the, the season of the witchiness honestly comes in in 18 in the character of like a sartain who's maybe a little a little more like is this dude the villain like is this guy a weirder villain than the guy in the white mask and so anyways i'm I'm getting off track but we come to halloween ends and it's like what if we took a while what if we took a wild swing what if we gave this to like like a, a guy you wouldn't expect for some of this shit what if we gave it to rob zombie and he just kind of went weird with it and kind of did his own weird thing with it. And it's weird that this one is the one that I'm like, this feels like the most David Gordon Green ass Halloween movie of all of them. This feels yeah. like a David Gordon Green slow burn character drama about a kid who has a really traumatic event that he doesn't know how to deal with. And he's walking the line of, am I going to am I going to succumb to the darkness inside me and take revenge on people that have, quote unquote, wronged me? Or am I going to find the better side of myself? And then that is just slid perfectly into a Halloween story. But uh, to me, it feels the most, yeah, independent of the franchise, but also so true to the franchise at the same time. It is an enigma and I loved it. I will shut up now. Sorry. 
No, I, I think the, the Kaiser Sose argument can be made here um, because aside from the framing story, a lot of it is paint by numbers with the beats from the other movies. And not just in the kills, like in Hateen, it actually expands a little further. I mean, Corey is, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word elevated because we talked about how that's sort of fraught mm-hmm. in, the, in the genre, but sort of a, a deconstructed version of the Deg Fairch young Michael scenes in RZ's Halloween 1. I mean, it's the same struggle. Mm-hmm. It's just we relate to Corey a lot more because uh, it's an external factor that happened to him, not the nature in which he is born into, unlike young Michael in that film. But it's very much there. And these little pieces along the way are all kind of, I mean, I think you could probably point to every single film. Get some form of love. Some sure. And that's Except maybe that's what... resurrection. Yes, I, it's the I can't only really, one I can't think of it for. Can't really point to any there, but that—that that is my. I mean, to to branch yeah. off for two seconds, but that is my Matrix Resurrections type reaction to this franchise as a whole. Where I was like, "Oh, you said everything mattered. Like it mattered to me that you made everything matter. Like, right. you know, you did even the the good and bad. Like you found a way to all kind of like, hey, but we love these movies, right?" And yeah, it managed to have nods to pretty much everything except for the one that we all pretty universally disregard as like the, yes. the true bottom of the barrel. Yes. Um, I'll be right there. Even that you could argue there might, you could make a case that some of Lori's behavior in 18 mm-hmm. is similar to her in hiding behavior in the opening sequence of Resurrection. Uh, for sure. You know, the only resurrection that fucking matters. Uh, first 10 minutes making traps from Michael. There you go. There's the that that is a clear connection point you could make. Rest of the movie, fuck no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, the logical thing for resurrection is the fact that Big John and Little John are like in his home. If you're going to relate it to the entire franchise, being these three movies being like a meditation on. The franchise as a whole oh yeah yeah yeah. the and whole like element back of in like, his home yeah like, somebody's in his house that's not supposed to be there right, right. you know yeah. but then you also look i look at it as like the halloween let me know that this guy david gordon green he could sit down with the four of us and go all day long about this franchise these movies and we're gonna walk away being like damn dude i didn't think of it that way like you have such a different take on like what these these movies in this franchise are, and he's blended them all together to the point that essentially like this third one isn't so much a he's a Halloween fan. This third one to me is telling me he's a John Carpenter fan. He loves that guy. Mm-hmm. He's so elated to have gotten the chance to take that first film that spawned all this stuff, not just movies, but tons of other things in film he got a chance to rework it and he managed to not only put in things that would be homages to all the other things that it created and you could even argue that like the brutality in kills is a direct response to 
hey, is it Michael kind of like Jason? Yeah. Didn't we kind of make Jason because we were first? Yeah. But mm-hmm. somebody over over his shoulder is going to be like, what about Black Christmas? And they're like, hey, easy. Don't worry about <laughs> that right now. You know? Yeah, I would be that guy. But you could argue that like as a whole, yes, these are all like homages to the, the, the franchise as a whole. But this third one definitely to me is like a it's just showing you how much of like a, a John Carpenter fan he is in general, like not just a Halloween fan, but at whole, yeah, be- like I said, there's the Christine reference. There's multitudes of other little things that I, I'm sure if I go back and look at it again, that, I'm like, okay, I, that's something I'd like other to go things back through all of them and look just for. It's like, look outside of, that he's yeah. pulling from, you know, that he's like mm-hmm. actively trying to show you like, yeah, not only do I love this franchise, but I really like, I would be, I don't, I don't know if he's come out and said anything about like people who he was influenced by or people who was this guy, like, but I, I, I can't imagine that he, that Carpenter wasn't at least one of his inspirations on yeah. some level. I feel like he's, it, I feel like he's such a shared thing with a lot of people who do film in general, not just horror movies, but like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's kind of like a, Hey, you know, I did Halloween because not only am I a huge fan of that franchise, but I'm a huge fan of John Carpenter. And if that guy's not going to make a movie anymore, I'm going to like do my best to, you know, showcase, you know, his original, an extension of his original idea, as well as an extension of like other brilliant movies that he's made that like, I'm, you know, going to try and put little pieces in, in these films to like, Oh, why why do I like that? What do I know? Oh, that's a nod to this thing. Oh, that's a nod to Christine. That's a nod, you know, like all these little, you know, these little things here and there that like oh okay yeah i get it this guy really likes john carpenter and he really loves halloween and at the end of the day that's all i'm looking for because i'm not saying like i said i don't don't think rob zombie doesn't love halloween i just i i feel like these guys not just david gordon green but the the group that put this together they're essentially us like they're the four of us that got you know wrote a treatment got a chance and they didn't well i i I think notably yeah it also does feel like five or six guys all like well this is what i like about the franchise no this is what i like and it feels like those all those influences kind of fighting and then i look at ends as like well this is how david gordon green feels about the franchise and the Mm -hmm. note that he wants to bring it in on um and if again it just it felt like a big a big swing and for me a, a fucking home run uh any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we, we wrap it up? I think we have definitely done our, our due diligence and exploring oh, uh, sure. what works about this movie and what made it so satisfying as uh, as huge uh, fans of the franchise. Yeah. We don't I don't I'm not saying we have to rank now like where it's sitting for you. I definitely want to do some more rewatches. I I just I already know I'm like it's not going to be diminishing returns with this one. Like I'm, right. I'm so excited yeah. to jump back to it. Like right after this is over side note, please text me your Peacock login information. Moving along. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, I, I, I will, I don't know what the rating is yet. Right. But it's up there. It may be, it may be number two. It may be number one. I, I don't I don't even know how you could say that. But that that feels like a we would have to have a whole conversation. It feels like a more cohesive film than Halloween. 
it feels like it has more themes, but, but it the, feels like it has a more developed act structure. It feels like but, a more complete unit than Halloween. This is this is why I say we somebody who's been working longer than a 28-year-old making his second film. Exactly. Okay, okay, gentlemen. But this is why I say we would need a, an entire podcast because this is yeah. a separate conversation. This is the conversation about is it okay when when truly when maybe this is the ultimate first debate for the contrarian cousin, but mark this down. There is a literally an oral record of it. Uh, an oral record of it right now okay so we've i i i i I lost it honestly i i i got i got so hyped up what were you just saying matthew i was saying that this may well be the one that can exceed halloween yes and that the, the separate debate is when is it okay to say that a sequel in a franchise has officially surpassed when is it okay to say that when the by the sheer act of the first one existing the other one could not exist it's been okay since 1981 1980 yes sorry yes 1980 uh there was empire strikes back baby well then well then you go and just just throw that in my face um (laughs) actually it goes back a little bit further a little movie called godfather well, yes, but I I feel like we could have the same debate with where if you ice if you siloed off said film, yes, you're saying it has all of these thematics, but can, you cannot divorce yourself from the the weight that you as the viewer bring from the previous sure. films. They're inseparable. Yes, but I'll make my case for it. Okay, the broad narrative of this film focusing on Corey Cunningham getting this sort of inspiration and burst of power from a a serial killer who's been hiding in the sewers and using that to try to make a name for himself. And that somehow re-energizes that monster in the sewer. That could be a vampire story. It could be... Christine. It could be Christine. It could be a fucking Friday the 13th movie. Right, that could be Jason just as easily as it is Michael. It could be and a the, better narrative to, on the nature of sequels. Exactly, it could be it could be a scream movie for fuck's sake. Yeah, right. And the core narrative wouldn't be affected. You could have almost the exact same movie, and it's Ghostface down there in the sewer, and not Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. The only thing that makes it central to the the, the franchise is the lorry of it all. And you could you could spin a story that does the exact same thing with another actress in that role. And I think it wouldn't damage the core narrative. Mm-hmm. You just wouldn't have the payoff at the end with Michael and Lori finally ending it definitively 24 years after they last tried to end it definitively. Right. So, and, and that's my argument, is that it's it's a cohesive whole that could exist unto itself. And it plays with tone in ways that, that John didn't quite have the, the capacity for yet, right? Like Halloween is very 
locked into this, this sort of one box and it doesn't get out of that box very often. And as a result, the rest of the franchise doesn't really either. This one kind of opens up. I mean, we don't even get, it isn't even Halloween until third act. Oh, another thing that I loved was that pe- people were, things were escalating quite a bit in the run-up. And I always love, a, don't start it on the, the day of. That's why, that's why Season of the Witch is, is the best franchise, obviously, because we get like a whole week to chill out before Halloween hits. Actually, Sorry. that's what I want to do. What I want to go back and I want to see what day this starts on. And then I want to watch Halloween three and I want to yes. see if we have the same, same run time. time. I bet we do. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, I, I, I'm not saying it definitely has overtaken Halloween in my mind because so Halloween holds a very important place in my heart and always and, will. And in, and in cinematic history as well. Exactly. For, for what exactly. that's worth, you know, this, I'm just saying. But we're just talking about our personal rankings of cinematic are. history be damned. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I think this is the first one that can rival it, potentially. I'm not um, uncomfortable with that conversation, um, but I think there's some other movies that are in this franchise that maybe it has to do it has to do battle with before it gets up to that echelon for me, for me personally. Well, I think that for me, it only had to contend with H2, Definitely. H2O, and 4. Yes. No, four, I guess, would be my season of the witch, which uh well, I count season this one scra- I this scratches season of the witch from rankings, frankly. Yeah. Because it's its own thing. I don't rank it in with these. Like the Michael Myers get their own ranking and Halloween 3 is on its own. Season of the Witch stands alone. Mm-hmm. But I, it, it easily vaulted over. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. I agree. Because if you don't, it's the second best Halloween movie. Yeah. yeah. But this one easily cleared H2O. And I think it cleared 4 and, and RZ2. All right. I mean, it, I, it I definitely it cleared again. those those three for me. I I need to see it again. Uh, Pat, Patrick, how you feel? I feel great. Uh, I I feel like the last four years uh, have uh, made themselves worth it. Uh, I because uh, I I like I I bought hard on H two O. I mean, uh, eighteen. Like I, we all did. Go listen to that episode. And then go mm-hmm. listen to you guys kind of revisiting those thoughts like just a little bit later. Uh, and so much so, like I followed the production. I was mm-hmm. I was fighting with people on on a message board mm-hmm. uh, because you know there was still a Halloween message board at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. And and like I was like like there's no way it's going to make more money even adjusted than H two O. Well, I'm happy that the message board died before I had to eat crow on that. <laughs> like, like it, yeah. like, uh, like the code broke and they haven't been able to put it back together. And, but then, like, I, I tried to get on board for H kills. And I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm gonna stay back. I'm not gonna follow the production like I did last time. I'm not gonna be sitting there scouring all the, uh, the clickbait sites and everything. Uh, and I didn't, and I was disappointed. And mm-hmm. not because I didn't follow the production, but for everything that we have talked about being dis- disappointed about. Mm-hmm. Fucking Loomis scene. That's, that's disappointing me. 
And Sorry. <laughs> I'm so much so much pent up rage against this movie. Like one of one of my biggest problems with the other two movies is there's no difference if they aren't siblings. It yes. has no effect on hate teen or kills, whether hmm. they're related or not. Yeah. A huge core issue. Absolutely. Thank you and, for pointing out. Yes. And but then this movie finally comes along and justifies them not being make it make sense and it and they did and it did and and i'm i haven't i had like i I told matthew last night i have not come out of a a halloween movie feeling this elated since uh rob zombies halloween 2 absolutely i've been fighting on the internet for 20 years for let's do something different yes and he finally did it man yes and i just thank you Thank you, David Gordon. Um, Gavin, it's about time. Host of this episode, bring us home. I think two uh, very smart gentlemen made a comment about how fans wanted like a a different kind of Superman, and they got it and they hated it. And then they wanted another kind of Superman, and they got it and they hated that one. So if anybody who is a fan of, of this film series is listening, Keep your goddamn mouth shut. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy it. All That's right? a great way to put it. Yeah. All right. Shut the fuck Enjoy up, it. please. All right. If you have a bad for the rest of us, you have a bad word to say about this movie. Guess what? You're not a fucking Halloween fan. Okay. I don't no, care. No, don't 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 gatekeep. No, no gatekeeping. Okay. You're not. If you don't have anything to say nice about this movie, go find some forum that nobody gives a shit about, like Reddit, and say it there or Facebook. Or yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Don't say it on Twitter. Write it on your goddamn live journal and shut the hell up. Okay. All I'm saying is, if you're a real fan, you write it on dead journal. Exactly. Dead journal. Oh God. From the moment, the moment that I turned to my little brother in 2018 and we're like, "We're fucking in it, bro!" Like this is, we've never got, we never got this. We got resurrection with mom, and then Rob Zombie, and it was great, and I loved those, but. This one is still in contention. I just overall, everything included. I've, I'm first viewing where it sits, where I'm thinking. Halloween 18 and Halloween ends are still up there in terms of just overall experience with it. Loving it. And it's going to take another rewatch to kind of appreciate ends more. But I can think I can say that like. It, it is one of the like it, it's it's way up there i don't know exactly where it is i'll have to figure it out because there are things about you know the other ones that i like i know we didn't talk about kills as much noah had a bunch to say about it i didn't i wasn't in love with it but i didn't hate it i enjoyed it for what it was and it's like i said the movie's called halloween kills and like that's what he does even if it is to say like i said a minute ago i don't know if patrick was in here it's like Hey, didn't Michael Myers kind of start the slasher thing? Isn't he kind of being like Jason right now? But didn't we kind of make Jason happen because we're in 1978 and Jason comes out later? I get it. I don't know if that's poking fun. I don't know what it is. But it all goes back to the simplest form. When you listen to anything that, that Donald Pleasant says about that character, the shape, Michael Myers, it is nothing to do with, you know, He's already resigned himself that I don't give a shit what's making this guy tick, this boy tick. He is evil, and I have to do everything in my power to not let him out. 
It needs to die. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to see who could get there yeah, first. I was trying. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like that, that, like, it needs to die. Maybe it needs to die or the whole, you know, this blank, pale, emotionless space. That was like Black written. Stars. The devil's, the devil's eyes. eyes. That was written like a doll's eyes. eyes. <laughs> Those eyes roll over white, like a doll's eyes. <laughs> but like, I feel like that was written on someone's like, like the head of whatever chalkboard or whatever they're doing, and they always just brought it back to is it is just it's what happens when pure evil gets in. Doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter who it is. When you have to deal with evil, there's very, there's multiple ways you can deal with evil. You can obsess over it for 40 years and lock yourself away. You can confront it with all the might of all your friends trying to help you push it back. Or you can resign yourself to the idea that you are never going to be in control of what evil is going to do. So you can only exist in a space where you are prepared for anything but ultimately are willing to accept that this evil may be the thing that takes you from this life, this existence, this plane of whatever you want to call it. And so be it. And you have to just kind of let things happen. And I don't think that there was anything about that. I think it was just cool lines that this, this young dude was writing in the seventies. Like, Oh yeah. You know, he's, you know, I saw this blank, pale, emotional space, this and that. I think he had an archetype of some old movie he watched and loved. This, you know, the the just the pursuer of this thing that's got to stop it, do whatever he can, has some kind of morality of like, I got to do the right thing here. I think that's all it was. But I think these people took that and said, you know what? This isn't about brother sister stuff. This isn't about like Michael Myers, the person was he abused as a kid, all this and that. This is purely about evil. And that's all it's ever going to be about to the to to this point it ends. They don't know. She he has no idea who she is. She knows who he is. He does not have a clue. If he did, he'd said so. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I know who you are, bitch. Hey, what is spoken up and said hey, you. something? Yeah. yeah. Hey, you you uh you, you dropped that key at my parents house. Like you was trying to like get rid of it or something. Who do you think you are? Who do you, who do you think, who do you think your father said? What, what's your father doing? You get rid of my fucking window, bitch? I got to go in there and I got to look out over the city. <laughs> I got to see, I gotta see a, that radio tower. thick, shy town accent just comes out fucking <laughs> so hold, hard. Say hello to your mother for me. You that would have been the ultimate, just <laughs> like, dude, yeah, riots in the theater. Yeah. He finally speaks. But exactly, and guess yeah. what? He's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Boston. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, there's no, there, there, she has no idea who this guy is. Yes, she she happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time when she was a, a teenager, got her world torn apart and just decided I'm going to lie and wait and I'm going to make sure I know exactly where this motherfucker is. And I really hope he gets out one day and comes after me. And surprise, you aren't the Mary Sue of this story. You don't, you don't matter at all. You think you do. And this is eating your life away, but you don't. The only reason this dude showed up is because his wackadoodle doctor was like, oh, I've got to see what happens, Ugh. you know, and that's it. And then it feels okay. And what's and but what's worse? <laughs> what's worse? You don't rate to this person. The trauma you've lived with for years does not is not validated because this person could care less about you or, oh, my God, you know, like 
just it's it taking that aspect of it away making it just a pure encounter with evil is the one thing i've appreciated through everything because there's so many things with literally everybody that this person that michael myers has killed who i don't think either one of our fathers in their right mind would be like come on boy let's get in the truck and go find this guy it's like now lock the doors and make sure that the the police handle this shit and if not like we know how to get out of here like we know what to do not you know hey uh cameron my boy like i'm gonna go in this house time to man up nah bro time to leave like that is the the like most satisfying but also most saddening part of kills me it's like you just met you know the bully of tommy doyle as an old man and you're trying to redeem cameron and they're both just like boom done dead and like the next 10 minutes i'm like the fuck was this for but it doesn't matter it's evil don't go fucking with evil if you know where the evil is let it be where it's going to be and come up with a better plan instead of just charging in like you could handle it because Again, that guy wasn't coming after you. You ran into him as a kid in 19, in the 70s. He didn't do anything to you. He kept walking. Why are you going to go putting your nose in his business? Just let the dude go home. That's right. Because it. it's been this whole time. Just let the dude go home. Yeah. He won. He won. He got it. Fine. He did it. I hate that so much. <laughs> me off no and that's so much that's the perfect that's the perfect logic into why i look at it as like you could you can tie in the the thorn thing to it it's like nobody wants to but it's like right he killed his sister and the whole town went ape shit about it they locked him away okay and then you know he, he broke out and he killed these babysitters would he have killed anybody else had he not been sent away we don't know but the curse of thorn knows you know what I mean? Like, better to be one in the family than the entire tribe. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. But it's, you know, it's such a... With everything that it's trying to say and do, it, to me, still feels like one of these ways... I mean, you, like, I talked about it in the little Instagram thing I made. They pulled old girl that I could not tell you her name. I don't know if she ever made another movie from Texas Chainsaw. They pulled her back to be in this new one. On Netflix. No, they yeah. didn't. She died. It's a. It's She's been else. dead for years, dude. That's a different actress. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they. Well, that. Oh, I didn't realize that. Who was that then? I thought she's been. She was in Mandy. That's what you know her from. That's where. Okay, that's why she looks so fucking familiar. Okay. Does this but ruin was... your point you were making? I'm sorry. Well, no. It's just like these whole idea of bringing people back from like trying to do what this franchise has done. Of like, let's get this person to come back to do this. I mean, if you want to be. If you want to be like, you know, if if there's no Halloween 18, uh, I don't I don't think Hugh Jackman's gonna come back and do Deadpool with with Ryan Reynolds. It's just not happening. He's like he he decides to be Wolverine again. Okay, cool. I don't think there's any connection between those two. We we can have the like a sequels conversation on another. Well, episode. I I will we'll give him, I will give that. this point. The maybe it doesn't happen without 18. I don't know about that. But without Halloween H2O, the idea of an actor coming back to a role that they've abandoned for 20 years. Right. You know, I, I don't know yeah, that that's no, a thing that happens. Yeah. And it, and it is something that is fairly unique yeah. pre, pre the takeover of genre in the mainstream, but two horror films. 
that yeah. that was always kind of a way you could maybe save a franchise that was maybe wavering. Maybe we get Heather Langenkamp back for three. Maybe maybe yeah. we try and class let's this just, thing up. Again, but, you know? but there's a different tier there, right? Oh, absolutely, it's like, absolutely. Oh, let's get Langenkamp back. Let's. I'm not, oh, yes. uh, but I'm saying that know, that yeah. far down this far down the road with such an iconic character to do right. it and with Jamie make, Lee Curtis at the height something. of her nineties power. Yes. You know what I mean? That's, that's a bigger thing. Yes. Yeah. This is after fish. Go on. I mean, let's guys, oh. we just all agree here. That after true lives, it, man. We're really lucky that we did not end up in the hood or in space. Can we just say thanks for that? They could have done that to us and they didn't. Yeah. So for that alone, you gotta, you gotta feel positive coming out of this whole thing. You know, this whole fucking thing could have been Reservoir Dogs by the end of it. Sorry, that's just that's a scream two line. Sorry, man. We we could have gotten Charles S. Dutton as a detective. Oh my I, god! I still, I still want what was the one of the early pitches for two? It was the high rise. Mm-hmm. The pre, before it was a hospital, it was going to be all in a high rise apartment complex. It was basically going to be Halloween shivers. It was going to be like Cronenberg shivers, but with Michael Myers killing people. So I what's this? No, I would like that. What's this yeah. total up to now? We got five plus eight. That's uh, thirteen films total. Yes, of this yeah. franchise. Yes. Yeah. All right, I got eight left in me, boys. I'll stop at twenty-one. Okay. Did he we'll say? See. Did, no, I'll say, did uh, he say twenty-one or was it twenty-seven? I can't remember what number he said. I think it was 22. twenty-two. Sorry, I got nine more films in me, fellas. I I gotta call it quits. Okay, I. I hope they let it die for a, <laughs> it needs to well, die for a while. Let it die or not, they the fundamental rule will always be that you can't kill evil. You can chop it up and bury it, but it's it's going to come back, and sometimes it's closer than you think. All right, and sometimes they come back for more. <laughs> Okay. I was uh, just quoting Tommy Doyle, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just trying to get my Halloween sick opening in. <laughs> uh, Can we get it as a group one more time? Evil dies, evil dies tonight. tonight. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> just remember, evil dies tonight. Guys. Pumpkin pies tonight. I think, I think we... Cheese fries tonight. <laughs> I think we, we maybe, maybe managed to kill it dead uh, with this episode. We'll see. Um we definitely need to do this. Years. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. We will be back in some. We definitely need to do this again very soon, General. I think the last time was what Karate Kid and Rocky was the last Karate time. Karate Kid and this? Rocky. Yeah, that was a good time. And this was a better. That time. was before I have watched time. all of uh, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. I had not watched even... any of Cobra Kai at that point. Now I've seen all of Cobra. Kai. You know, Gavin and, what do you and think? I. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? It's fucking amazing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Such a great show. Okay, wait. So we've all we're all all caught up. Everybody's seen yeah. one through five. Yeah. Okay, we'll plan it sometime in the near future. But Gavin and I have not talked about five oh. in depth on the pod yet, yes. and we haven't talked about four because we missed it last year because it hit like right on the New right. Year's cusp and everything. Oh my God, love it. <laughs> love the shirt. Um, but maybe that's our maybe that's our next endeavor. But that's getting way ahead of ourselves. We still have the rest of October to cap out. We'll have some more horror stuff headed your guys' way very soon. I wanna. I know Gavin was hosting at the beginning, but I'm just gonna wrap it up. I'm gonna yeah, please do. Clean it up nice and tight. Uh, 
I just I, I want to thank the brothers Blanchard so much for joining us. Happy um, to be here. We we could not let this landmark uh, Halloween ends go by without another all Blanchard review. Uh, this was one for the ages, gentlemen. Uh, I was gl- I'm glad we all came in here super excited to do this and not quietly yes. like, do I have to be the guy that says it wasn't good? Because see, that was the, that's good. why I think it worked out really uh, well that y'all got a new cousin last year because yes. that's what that one was gonna be. I, I tru- okay. Truly, can we, can, we, can we not can we not shout out our new cousin for not having Matthew have to run away for too long, like or like ending it twenty minutes in. Like yes. get, she has sort going. of woken up a few times, but oh, not okay. actually woken up, woken up. Like she, that's what I was I've been watching about. her. Anytime you see me do this, I'm staring <laughs> at the monitor to be like, you can do it. The pacifier is right to your left. You can do it. Hell yeah. Um, so yes, shout out to Rowan for allowing us to pot this whole time. Uh, thanks for anybody who's made it this far. I, I think we definitely we did all the nooks and crannies. I, I yes. really feel like we we put this thing to bed. We put it in a grinder and we we ground up all the little bits. Uh, yeah, and then we gave you some sh- some where it could go. We kept the mask around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so, so uh, David Gordon Green, if you're listening to this again, you're welcome. He's and, from, uh, we, we hope the checks in the mail. He's from the south, and like so are we. I don't. Where's this accent coming from? That you're talking to him. With. That's I my I mean bi- that's my I mean business voice. But I'm like, hey man, like the check or David Gordon Green, the, the checks check in the mail. In the with the, yeah, but if okay. it's like, hey, the checks in the mail, you know, it's you gotta okay. get a little oomph. He doesn't know what I look like, you know. Plus, if I say it like that and then he meets me, he just thinks that somebody else has said it to him. That's all. <laughs> I'm off the hook. It's about maintaining the anonymity Absolutely. while okay. asking for a check. <laughs> <laughs> While, while thanking like him, thanking him for ripping off our ideas on a podcast four years ago. Yes. I, I hope he listens to this because he made a great movie and I wanted to know how much we all Absolutely. appreciate it. What a great note to go out on. Our mother even loved it. That's the highest compliment yeah, we can give a horror movie. Kathy Blanchard's seal of approval. Thank yes. you to the brothers Blanchard, Mr. Matthew J. Blanchard, and Mr. Oops. Patrick. I always forget them. It's a J too, isn't it? Yeah, and Mr. Patrick J. Blanchard. Uh, thank you so much, gentlemen. And uh, to, to my own my own brother, uh, I've been Noah. And I have been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard brothers. Uh, and just remember, everybody, evil dies tonight. Let's get a clean one. Okay, I'm going to count it out. And just remember, everybody. Evil dies tonight. tonight. (laughs) I like it. Whatever. It needs to die. It It needs to die.